0: Welcome to the Slam Radio podcast featuring the Michael McCoy show.
1: How's everybody doing? You're listening to the Michael McCoy show on Sirius XM Channel 145 Slam Radio and um got a lot to get into this week. Really happy to talk some NBA hoops. Um that's been a thing for a while. You know, we got a late start to the season cuz of COVID, but things are starting to pick up. We're almost we're pretty much halfway done with the season. We got some All-Star game selections to talk about. The reserves were revealed last night. The coaches uh, revealed who the seven guys off the bench would be for Eastern and Western conferences. By the way, the Eastern and Western conference, I want to talk about that because did you guys enjoy the format for the All-Star game the past couple years? I didn't. I missed the East versus West format last couple of years. If you guys remember, they had LeBron and Giannis Antetokounmpo drafting their own players. And don't get me wrong, that it's a cool concept. I like it. You get to, you know, pick who you want and, you know, your buddies get to be on the same team and everything. But I kind of just like the East-West rivalry thing, and the games were the games the past two years were exciting. But I like that type of uh, that type of competition, that type of uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I'm drawing a blank, but it'll come to me later. But yeah, the East versus West is back to um, the way things used to be this year. So we're gonna get into the starters, who they are, who the reserves are, and who was snubbed, who should have made the All-Star game that didn't. That happens every year. There's always a couple guys that are worthy of making a team, but don't for whatever reason. So we're going to do that. So um, got some Canes baseball to talk about. We're going to do that later on. And then, of course, we'll talk some football as well. But let's get started on the NBA front because there's a lot. And, you know, some people are unhappy with who the guys are that made the team. Let's start with the uh, Eastern Conference starters who were revealed – Um, last week, if I'm not mistaken, the reserves were revealed last night. Uh, By the way, the game is March 7th on TNT, and the game will be played in Atlanta. So everything's going to be on one night. You know how we have All-Star Week, and we have the three-point contest one day. I'm sorry, the same day as the dunk contest, and so on and so forth. The celebrity game is on Friday. Not this year. COVID's messing up a whole bunch of stuff. Everything is going to be on the same day. I just read that the, the slam dunk contest is going to be during halftime of the actual All-Star game. So I'm of the opinion that the game shouldn't be played. A lot of people feel that way, but, you know, it's about the Benjamins, right? So we'll we'll see. So Eastern Conference starters. um, No surprises, really, and it's a hell of a squad. Hopefully everybody's able to play and stays healthy enough to play. So you got Kyrie Irving of the Brooklyn Nets. You got Bradley Beal, who's leading the NBA in scoring uh, from the Wizards. Kevin Durant, another Brooklyn Net. Giannis Antetokounmpo, the Greek freak from the Bucs. And then you got Joel Embiid, who's playing out of his mind. Is there really any surprise? Is there anybody that you think should have been starting for the Eastern Conference that isn't? Um, I don't think so. When you take a look at who the reserves are, and I mean, if you want to put James Harden on that list, he's worthy of starting. But I like that lineup as it is. Bradley Beal deserves to start. I mean, you lead the NBA in scoring for a team that probably isn't going anywhere anytime soon. All right. You're not going to start over Giannis. You're not going to start over in, um, Joel. You need three front court players. That's, that's what the criteria is for the rosters. You need three front court players and two guards. I have that note here. Let me just make sure I'm not talking out of my you-know-what. Um, yes, so comprising of two guards and three front court players. Uh, by the way, there were five international players that were voted to the All-Star Game this year. That's a record. Uh, last year, it was four. The five are... Giannis Antetokounmpo, the Greek freak, uh, Luka Doncic—I think I pronounced it right. I always mess that up. Joel Embiid, thanks, thanks, Larry. <laughs> Joel Embiid from Cameroon. Uh, Carrie Irving is actually from Australia. Yes, he grew up playing New Jersey. I get that, but born in Australia. And then uh, Nikola Jokic from Serbia. So in any event, let's get back to that. Uh, the Eastern Conference guys. Maybe you could ar- maybe you can argue that Harden. You know, but remember, he really didn't play. Every single and neither has Kyrie. I know he's been out with you know injury or COVID stuff, but uh, James had that thing with Houston that he wasn't playing a couple days right before he got traded, and I don't know how many games he missed. He's playing like an all star starter, absolutely. I think his in his first like nine games as a net, I believe he had four triple doubles. The dude is playing out of his mind, and she's playing so well at the point guard position that Kyrie Irving said, You know what, you need just to, you just need to start and take over the point guard duties because. I don't know what the arrangement was, but don't you like the idea of Kyrie at the two guard better than the point guard? Uh, it kind of is like, you know, Iverson, Iverson came into the league as a point guard and then he shifted over, shifted over to the shooting guard position. I kind of thought that the same thing would happen to Derrick Rose, but it hasn't. Um, and by the way, he's now back as a Nick uh, coming off the bench for Tom Thibodeau, but um, it didn't, he still remained at point guard, but uh, yeah, man, that's, that's what the five are looking like Again, two guards, three front court players. Kyrie Irving at the 1, Bradley Beal at the 2, and then you can mix and match the uh the front court guys between Antetokounmpo, Durant and Joel Embiid because nowadays even though you're a big man, you're probably stretching the floor 20 plus feet. So the uh the All-Star Reserve, check this out. And this is what's going to get some people um in a tizzy, if you say. So you got Jalen Brown, right? His first All-Star appearance from uh, the Boston Celtics. And he's worthy of it. Playing like an All-Star, coming up big for Boston when they need it. Him and Tatum are doing great things. Uh, speaking of Tatum, he makes his second All-Star appearance for the Seas. All right? You got James Harden. We already talked about him. Julius Randle makes his first All-Star appearance. And you know what? I'm really, really glad that somebody on the Knicks uh, got the look to make the All-Star game. Because, number one, the Knicks... They're not back, but they're not a joke this year, all right? And you could attribute that to a couple things. Uh, but the, the main thing, you got to look at the main man, at, at, at head coaching. Tom Thibodeau, everybody knows what he did throughout his time at the Bulls, had led the Bulls to uh, consecutive years of the best record in the NBA, and then um, goes over – well, before that, I'm sorry. He won, actually won an NBA title as an assistant coach in 2008 with the Boston Celtics under Doc Rivers. That defense, if you remember that defense led by Kevin Durant and Paul Pierce and Rajon Rondo, that defense was intense. So he was on that. He was on that coaching staff. Uh, But he is definitely the number one reason why the Knicks are no longer the doormat of the NBA. And Julius Randle makes his first All-Star appearance making, uh, I'm sorry, Pretty much averaging the same numbers as Zion Williamson is averaging. We'll talk about Zion in the next segment when we talk about the Western All-Stars. But Julius Randle, man, I really like his game. Um, and you know what? He's actually not been playing like an all-star for a while, but this is a guy that a lot of people I think forgot about because he was bounced around a few times and was a top 10 pick out of Kentucky several years ago for the Lakers. Played with New York, played with the Pelicans, and now he's with uh with the Knicks. Really glad to see his. Um, name come up as a reserve. Ben Simmons, third All-Star appearance comes up for the Sixers. And then you got Nikola uh, Vucevic, which makes his second All-Star appearance from the Magic. And you got my boy Zach Levine, first All-Star appearance. Zach is tearing it up from my Bulls. I'm even sporting my Bulls hat right now. I got—I couldn't find it, but I got this Bulls shirt. It's a really awesome shirt. It's, it's a black Bulls shirt, right? It has the state of Florida printed on it. And then uh, the Bulls logo, like as a silhouette inside the state of Florida, and I get so many compliments about how awesome that shirt. I wore it to a heat game one time, and even heat fans were like, "That's a tough shirt. Where'd you get that shirt?" And I said, "Why would I tell you? It's not you're going to sit there and buy it. But um, are you a bulls fan, Mike? Because look when come on, man, Every, the, the first time I even picked up basketball, I knew what a basketball looked like was because of who? a Jordan. And that's just the only team that I stuck so with. So you just stuck by them? I just stuck when they sucked. I remember there was a game at the old Miami Arena where it was actually the year, at 99, the year after they won when Jordan and Pippen left, the Bulls were horrible. Ron Harper yeah. had like 50 points in that game, and he single-handedly beat the Heat. And I was like the only guy up there in the rafters. But yeah, man, that's the only team that I've ever liked. So I mean, I was born in Chicago. My dad was a huge Bulls fan. I mean,
2: like he, he pretty much just injected... The Bulls into my blood, but uh, once Jordan retired, the first time I stuck around. Then Jordan retired the second time, the the team just kind of collapsed. Yeah, and it was t- tough to be living in the city and not become a Heat fan, especially because that oh, transition I happened. I hear you. So I still have a heart for the Bulls, but it's not the way it used to be. And I know it's still the Miami thing because when Miami and the Bulls went out during those Thibodeau years, yeah. it was all Miami for me. Like yeah. I, I guess I didn't like the personality of those teams on the Bulls, uh-huh. but I just kind of just. Went more towards the Miami way. It was tough for me, man. It, can you imagine being a Bulls fan in Miami during the Big Three era? Uh, do you remember 2003? <laughs> I was a Cubs fan living in Miami during the NLCS. It was I had to call in sick from work after Game 6 and Game 7 because I was just getting bullied. And I was what? just like, bro, my job is more important than it. I had to literally call in sick.
1: That's crazy. And
2: everybody knew why it was. And I told my boss, I go, listen, I'm going to say something I'm going to regret. <laughs> I'd rather just call in sick. If you have to write me up because I'm calling in sick, let it be. But I'd rather get written up than fired.
1: Wow, man i'm not gonna ask you where you're working we'll talk about that in the break but that's crazy oh it was ups i don't care ups <laughs> ups. Get it? ups yeah um but yeah man i just stuck with them and i i have a heart for them and it's never gone away i'm, I'm kind of pr- proud of it too because a lot of people they either shifted or like the niners that's the only really nfl football team that i've ever really liked and you know I'm, i bleed orange and green so that's that's my college team right there yeah no question but um, but I you didn't know do, you, born you do look born in
2: Chicago. You do look like one of the loyal ones, man, because everybody asked before back in the day, why do you like the Bulls, with Jordan? It was hard for me to defend the fact that I was a Bulls fan because everybody thought I was a Bulls fan because of Jordan. Because like, of Bro, I was born in Chicago. Like, of Get course. off my back. Yeah. But now you see people with Bulls hats and you now really start questioning, are they doing it for fashion or are they doing it because they kind of like the team? And Mm -hmm. it depends who you ask because you can ask the wrong person. All of a sudden it's a fashion.
1: thing. Exactly. And
2: and you're like, bro, you're not even a sports fan, whatever. (laughs) Keep on going with your little Windy City blown smoke out of your nose hat. Cool. But that's what. So I I mean, this isn't the first time I see you with a bullseye. And I meant to ask you before. I just forgot. So I figured this
1: was the perfect opportunity. Yeah, yeah. No, thank you, man. Thank you. Um a little background and as to how and why I'm still a Bulls fan. It was just it was just hard, man. And, um, you know, they were taking a lot of heat, of course, but my dad always told me, he was like, look, man, don't don't be that guy to fence jump every – don't be the Patriots fan one year and then don't be the Eagles fan the next year. Don't do that. So I guess it kind of just stuck with me. No, no offense to anybody that um, does that. It's just kind of weird when you are a fan of a different team every year. It looks bad. But um, yeah, man, Zach Levine gets his start, and if you want to look at Zach's stats, we got to take a look at that, because Zach Levine, if anybody hasn't noticed, ladies, ladies and gentlemen, he is tearing it up from the field. In 30 games, he's averaging nearly 29 points per game, 28.6 points per game. Um, he's shooting over 50% at 51.8%. Uh, very good free throw shooter, 86.4. But the thing I like about Zach is the way he gets his buckets. Super ultra athletic athlete. We saw who he did in the uh, dunk contest several years ago. Um, and by the way, a little backstory on him. He says that obviously he loves playing for the Bulls, but uh, he took a special liking to jumping high and dunking because of watching Michael Jordan uh, on Space Jam. And then he said he would go into his backyard every week trying to you know emulate that and look at the guy. He, he jumps over cars literally. So, um, Zach, the way he gets his buckets, man, number one, he can definitely blow by you. And this is nothing breaking for anybody in the NBA. All of these guys are, well, not all of them, but most of them are athletes that can do that. But Zach is probably the top 1% of athletes in the NBA. The guy could probably touch the top of a backboard if he wanted to. And so, with that being said, right, a guy that leans on his athleticism so much, to see a guy get so good with his jump shot, this early in his career, and he's no spring chicken, but uh, Zach, Levy, Zach Levine was drafted. Let me pull him up right here. I'm sorry. He was drafted in uh, the 2014 draft. So he's, he's, what, six, maybe seven years into his NBA career, and he's only 25 years old, 6'5", 202, 6'5", yeah, 202 pounds, and he was drafted in the first round in the 13th pick by the, by the uh, Timberwolves, so again, in 2014 at a UCLA uh, speaking of UCLA, you think of Zach Levine, you think of guys like Russell Westbrook, there's a bunch of athletes and guys out of the same mold to get drafted out of UCLA. But Zach is a shooter and he's shooting the three point ball at 43.4%. For an athlete, that's scary. Because if he gets hot, the last thing you want as a basketball defender is an athlete getting hot. Because you already know he's gonna blow by you, or he can blow by you, but now all of a sudden he can pull up from anywhere. That's just a scary. That's just a scary proposition for anyone. Again, first All Star game for Zach, twenty eight point six points per game. Let's talk about Eastern Conference snubs because you got Bam on that list. He's definitely a guy that warrants some attention as a snub because if there's anybody on this Eastern Conference All Star uh, roster that you look at and say, mm, I don't know, it's probably. Nikola Vucevic, all right, making his – and he's no scrub. Don't get me wrong. He's no scrub either. A lot of people might put Randall on that list. I'm glad Randall made it because the NBA is better when the Knicks are good. That's how – and not that they're good, but, again, they're no doormat. They're no joke. Tom Thibodeau has them playing defense. They're playing well. And so I like to see his name. We all heard what uh, my boy Kaysan Davis said last week on the – On the show, I asked him, name some guys that deserve some love that maybe aren't getting it. And one of his responses was Julius Randle. So uh, shout out to Kaysom, man. Nice to see your boy make that list. Kaysom is from New York. so, Um, But yeah, Bam was a guy that uh, maybe got snubbed, all right? And who else is on that list that probably got snubbed from the Eastern Conference? You're looking at uh, Chris Middleton is one. Trey Young is another one. But again, you look at this roster, and it's like there's a lot of room for error in terms of guy people may fault Jalen Brown. Maybe a lot of people might have taken Trey Young over Jalen Brown. Not me. I wouldn't have done that because I think that Jalen Brown means more to his team than Trey. Well, actually, Jalen Brown, I take that back. Trey Young does mean more to his team than uh, Jalen Brown because at least the Boston Celtics have Jason Tatum. So – um, we're going to continue the conversation on the other side of the break. We'll be right back. Uh, we're going to continue talking about the snubs, and we got to get into the Western Conference roster. So just stick around. You're listening to The Michael McCoy Show on Sirius XM Channel 145 Slam Radio.
3: Hey, look what I found.
4: A radio.
0: Radio. This is Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio.
5: I get it. Your desk has been there for you, holding up your computer, your unused stapler, and that plant you forgot to water but maybe it's time to leave your desk and spend your lunch break volunteering with Meals on Wheels. Doing Meals on Wheels for me is the joy that I look for at the end of my week. I'll come to the door with one meal and I'll walk away with a full heart. And get more than you expect. Volunteer at americaletsdolunch.org. That's americaletsdolunch.org. Brought to you by Meals on Wheels America and the Ad Council.
3: Man, I love my kids so much. I once sat for three hours in the cold rain to watch her soccer team lose by 18 goals. I love my kids so much, I once used a tube to suck snot out of her stuffed nose at 3 a.m. You win.
6: Love your kids? Love them enough to make sure they're in the right car seat. From toddlers to tweens, visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat to find the right seat for their age and size. Keep them safe. Visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council.
0: We'll be back with the Michael McCoy Show on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio.
3: Text and work. Text and pretend to work. Text and act surprised when someone calls you out for not working. Who, me? Text and whatever, just don't text and drive. Visit stoptextsstoprex.org. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council.
7: Good morning, amigo. Josh Gordon is suspended after his fiasco for violating terms of conditional reinstatement.
2: He tried to play that one off by saying, I'm going to step down. All of a sudden, it caught up to him mighty fast.
7: He failed the drug test, didn't he? And he was predicting he was having mental health problems by virtue of knowing he was in trouble.
2: No, he knew they were about to knock on his door, which uh, is, he wasn't able to run out of the house fast enough.
7: They're going to knock on his door? Or would they, I mean, could they at least ring the doorbell? Let me really describe this to you. Frank, oh. Police! Oh, yeah. Oh, I... That, that, that's uh, scaringly accurate. Good
8: morning, amigo. Weekdays, 7 to 11, only on SiriusXM 145. Slam Radio.
9: My mother was always very active and independent, and she was familiar with her neighborhood. But one day, she stopped at the stop sign for much longer than usual. She wasn't even really sure where she was at. It's important for you to talk to someone
5: about it. I felt so much better after my son told me, Mom, we'll figure it out.
4: When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. Visit alz.org slash stories to learn more. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council.
10: There's no losing, only learning. There's no failure, only opportunities. And there's no problems, only solutions. So to me, what failure is, failure is the mother of all success. If it wasn't for Michael Jordan getting cut from his ninth grade basketball team, he wouldn't have became Michael Jordan. <laughs> you you got to take those losses. you got to take those hits. There's got to be the valleys, the peaks, the ups, the downs. In order for you to, when it does happen, you go, wow. You know, this is what it's all about. And not only that, it's never about making it, guys. It's always about maintaining it. That's the toughest part.
0: On behalf of all of us here at Slam Radio, we would like to thank you, Pitbull, for making this dream become a reality. This is WWE
11: Superstar, The Big Show, and you're listening to Slam Radio.
0: And now we're
1: back with One Y'all hear that in the background? That's my, that, that is that is when you have a producer that is on the same wavelength as you are in terms of intro music, some old school. hip. Thank you, Frank. Thank you, Frank. I really appreciate that. You're listening to The Michael McCoy Show on SiriusXM, Channel 145, Slam Radio. We're continuing the conversation on the hardwood as we talk about Eastern Conference All-Stars, Western Conference All-Stars, snubs, who should have, could have, would have made it but didn't. And um, as I say, they're talking about Luka Doncic on the TV right in front of me on ESPN, and his game winner last night. Boy's balling right on time because we're going to talk about the Western Conference uh, All Stars right now. And uh, Luka is averaging 34 points a game in the last seven, in the first 22 games of the season, he was averaging averaging 27. He was shooting 30 percent from beyond the arc the first 22 games, but the last seven, nearly 50 percent how do you guard that guy? I've always gone I've always felt that not necessarily the best yet but I feel that he's definitely 100% the most talented basketball player in the NBA right now. He could do it all. He can score, he can pass, he can shoot uh everything. Has great court vision uh does it all? He could score from the post too. That's probably my favorite part because nobody does that nowadays. Even if even if you are seven foot two fifty, you just rather toss up a three, which gets on my freaking nerves. But well, that's another conversation for another day. Um, the NBA Western Off. I'm sorry, NBA Western Conference All Star starters. Say that five times fast. <laughs> um, I have that list right in front of me, and really quick, Luka Doncic. All right, he's starting alongside Stephen Curry. All right, LeBron James, no surprise there. Nikola Jokic and Kawhi Leonard. Again, the format for the starters is uh, two guards and three forwards. So you got to consider, you got to say LeBron James a forward, Jokic a forward, and uh, Kawhi Leonard a forward. Uh, No really, you know what, I I was about to say no real power forward there, but LeBron James can qualify as five positions on the court. So, and then obviously the two guards are going to be Luka and Curry. That's a solid, solid, solid cast. Again, the Eastern Conference starters were Kyrie, Beal, Durant, Greek Freak, and Embiid. Woo! There's a lot of mismatches there, all right? You got to figure LeBron's probably going to be on KD. KD at some point or another, especially in the crunch. Everybody knows how these all-star games go. They start off highlights and all of this stuff, and then it gets serious in the second half, especially if the game is close in the fourth quarter, which is my favorite part and what I love to see because these guys are really playing to win. The competition comes out. But uh, that Western – I mean, you look at it, just the starters, okay? Forget about the bench. Just the starters. If you were to run a scrimmage right now, who are you taking? Again, you got Luca versus Kyrie, Steph versus Beal, LeBron versus KD, uh, Jokic, the Joker versus Greek Freak, and Joel Embiid and Kawhi Leonard. Those are the forwards for um, you know both 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 rosters. And I don't know. I don't know. I'm probably going to come down to who has the ball last, one of those things. But uh, the reserves for the Western Conference All-Stars are as follows. You got Anthony Davis making his eighth appearance, who may not play. Let me not say may not play. He's not going to play. All right. He's been sitting out with what's supposed to be a calf injury. And a lot of people are speculative as to whether or not it's an Achilles injury. We'll see. We talked about that last week on the show. But he made the uh, the All-Star game as a reserve. Paul George made his seventh appearance. Rudy Gobert makes his second. Damian Lillard uh, making his sixth All-Star appearance alongside Donovan Mitchell making his second for the Jazz. Chris Paul. Really glad to see that he made it because I appreciate if you if you really appreciate the game of basketball you love Chris Paul again a guy that I consider to be still the best true point guard in the in the NBA and when I, I'm sorry in the NBA and when I say true I mean that in the sense of a guy that really isn't a scoring point guard sets up his offense uh, perfect I mean look at look at the look at the Suns and we're gonna talk about them especially right now because. Somebody on that team got snubbed that definitely shouldn't have been. But then you round out the Western Conference with uh, Zion Williamson. So there's a lot less room for error on the reserves or I, I, on the team as a as a whole when you look at the Western Conference team than there is on the East because why? Guys like Devin Booker got left out, a guy that made the All-Star game last year, okay? And remember, it was a different format. You had guys like Giannis and LeBron drafting you know, who they consider to be the best players in the league. So that's different. The coaches are the ones that pick the reserves. And then you kind of wonder, uh, how does that work? How, how are the coaches sitting here and they don't put in a guy like Booker? And then you look at the guys that did make the team as a reserve and you're wondering, is this more of a popularity contest or what? because Devin Booker absolutely deserves to go on there. But then so does Chris Paul, okay? Because you can argue that the Suns aren't playing how they are playing if it wasn't for the arrival of Chris Paul. Remember, they played phenomenally, phenomenally, sorry, uh, in the bubble last year. I believe they were 8-0. And people thought it was a fluke. They come out, they come out, they start, you know, shaky, but then they win like what? Uh, I think however many games in a row. And they're sitting pretty right now in the Western Conference at the moment they are fourth at 20 and 10 okay not saying that would have been bad without Chris Paul but they're probably not fourth sitting at 20 and 10 only four and a half games back of the jazz who have the best record in the NBA with 20 uh boasting a 25 and six mark but Devin Booker gets uh slighted man and that's kind of crazy because when you look at it um they have taken a dip his scoring numbers uh with, his, with uh, playing next to CP3, but he's still averaging almost 25 points a game and shooting an impressive 60.7 from the field when you look at true shooting percentage. What's true shooting percentage? You're open, shoot it. OK, that that in a nutshell is what true shooting percentage is. But again, he made his first All-Star game last year. But it, you kind of you kind of get the feel that he's going to be in that mix for years to come. Moving forward, he'll be a staple on the Western Conference All-Star uh, squad or Eastern Conference All-Star squad, depending on if he makes a move or not. But, yeah, Devin Booker is one guy. um uh, Shai Gilgis-Alexander for the Thunder is only 22 years old, but he is one of the best young players in the NBA. And a centerpiece pretty much right now around that Thunder's rebuild. It's, you know, a 6-6 combo guard. He's just getting better every year as a scorer. He's averaging 23 a game right now. Darren Fox is another guy for the Kings. Uh, DeMontis Sabonis. Well, I'm sticking with the Western Conference guys. Um, that's pretty much it for the Western Conference guys that I have here. But yeah, man, again, who would you pluck off of that team? to put in the guys that I just mentioned. Again, AD, and he's going to be that one guy, but that's off of default because he's, he's hurt right now, okay? That's a default thing that he's, he, he can't play. So do you want to put in another forward? Do you put in a guard? Who knows? I mean, if you look at the forwards right now, uh, the front court players, you got off the bench, you got Williamson, uh, Zion Williamson, and Rudy Gobert. Uh, starting for the, uh, for the forwards, you got LeBron James, uh, Jokic, and then Kawhi. I'll probably go with a guard, okay? And in that case, you got to put in Booker. But even still, at this point, you make the all-star game because somebody else can't play. I mean, listen, I'll take it, but it's kind of like I, I didn't get that initial that initial green light. So it's kind of like, yeah, thanks, but no thanks. You know, that's kind of how I'd see it. I'd still go. I'd still play. I'd still be thankful, but still kind of holding a grudge that I didn't get voted in by these coaches. What are these coaches thinking, man? That's kind. Of, I mean, look, I get it. there's only 12 guys you can fit on the team, but <clears throat> excuse me. It's always a tough call. Somebody's always going to get slighted, and I didn't finish off that list on the west on the Eastern Conference as the guys that uh, should have could have made it. I was talking about Bam, and I mean, wow! How can you not you know argue what he means to the Heat? Okay, again, another twenty three year old guy uh, made a scoring leap this season, showing off more you know more ability to create for himself, okay? Uh, Some improvement as a shooter, of course, especially from the free throw line. He's knocking down about 85% of his attempts. And he's averaging 19, 9, and 5, okay? That's solid. That is solid. And when you look, again, at the all-star reserves for the Eastern Conference, you can kind of make an argument. Probably could have started over Julius Randle, even though Julius Randle was averaging more on a bad team. Nikola Vucevic, he's doing well for the Magic. Who knows? But... Uh, there's more error on that team there than there is for the West. The West is loaded, okay? It has been for a very long time, and so with Ad not playing, you kind of wonder if they're going to sub him with another front court guy or if they're going to go with a guard. My guess is Devin Booker because that's the biggest outcry that we've heard so far of guys that got snubbed. Okay, again, b- the the biggest names are himself. Uh, Chris Middleton of the Bucks, Mike Conley of the Jazz didn't get the nod, Trey Young of the Hawks, Bam Adebayo for the Heat. Uh, we just talked about Shai Gilgis-Alexander for the Thunder, Darren Fox, DeMontis Sabonis, Tobias Harris is playing out of his mind too, another guy that uh, Kason Davis brought up last week. But that, those are the rosters. Again, I'm going to bring them up from left to right. You got Luka, Steph Curry, LeBron James, Nikola Jokic, Kawhi Leonard. Solid. And then for the East, you got Kyrie Irving, Bradley Beal, KD, Greek freak and Joel Embiid for the Sixers, so we'll see how that goes, man. But um, a quick look over as to what's going on in the NBA right now. Uh, conference leaders, you still got Philly doing their thing, twenty-one and eleven, leading the Eastern Conference. You look over to the West, you got the Jazz at twenty-five and six. All right, uh, the Clippers, I say quietly, are doing their thing because you, I mean, you have an NBA conversation with somebody. Several things are going to come up, but the Clippers really aren't one of them, all right? LeBron James and the type of season he's having, the type of work he's going to have to do with AD out, you know, with an unspecified amount of time, uh, the Lakers, okay, uh, the Jazz, I think we talked about the Jazz, the Sixers, obviously, the Nets, of course, but not so much the Clippers. The Clippers, 23-10, three games out of first place in the Western Conference, and they are just doing their thing, 12-6 at home, on the, uh, at home, 11-4 on the road. And um, six and four in their last ten, so we'll see. The key to that team is going to see is going to be you know what you're going to get from Kawhi Leonard, but can can Paul George continue playing like the All Star that he is in the playoffs? All right, that's one thing. They have a coaching situation that's different from last year. Let's see if that helps any, and uh, we'll see, man. But that's pretty much it in a nutshell when you think about it in terms of you know the highlights in the NBA. I still like to talk about Steph Curry, okay, because at uh, 17 and 15, all right, sitting at eighth in the Western Conference, Steph Curry is playing like the best point guard in the NBA. I've been saying there for a couple weeks now, and although he's not going to win it, let me be clear, although he's not going to win it, okay, I still think that he should be Uh, At least name the finalists, I called him and I went out on a a limb in the preseason, knowing he wasn't going to win it, because once you heard the news of Klay Thompson, you kind of figured that it was going to be hard for the Warriors to make the playoffs. And there's no MVP that wins MVP with his team that doesn't have like a top three record, top four record in the NBA. It never happened. It probably never will happen. And the example that I love to bring up is the year that uh, Russell Westbrook averaged a triple-double, all right? Thunder don't make the playoffs, and he doesn't win MVP. How can you defend that? There's, there, to me, there's no excuse as to why he should. Clearly the best player in the NBA, but the MVP doesn't always go to the best player in the NBA, and I, I, I really have a problem with that. You know, I could talk about that for hours, okay? Um, it's not a popularity contest. <laughs> it's not uh, you look at who leads the league in, in stats. No, it's not. It literally, take this guy off this team. What does that team look like? Oh, they're significantly different? There's your MVP. That's exactly what um, uh, what Russell Westbrook was that year for the Thunder. So Steph Curry, man, doing it big time for, for, for the dubs out West. And so right now, um, averaging 28 points. I'm sorry. Yeah, he's averaging. What happened to my internet? What's going on? Here we go um yeah in his last 10 I'm sorry he's averaging 35 in his last 10 okay he's averaging 30.9 let's call it 31 points per game on the road okay Steph is playing out of his mind he's playing out of his mind and when you consider all the pieces that were put together this all season for them to play uh for the Warriors to play you got Damian he's playing alongside Damian Lee uh Kelly Oubre uh Nico Mannion uh, it's a guy that I really like coming out of Arizona we'll see how he um, and his career, you know, puts up together. Uh, Clay Thompson, we'll see, man. But he's out obviously because of the Achilles uh, injury that he suffered, you know, in the offseason. Kent Bazemore is on that team. I mean, just a bunch of guys like I said, they were thrown together. Draymond Green is a sta- staple on that team. But Steph, man, listen, I just hope. And of course, Andrew Wiggins and the uh, top pick for the um, for the Dubs and James Wiseman out of Memphis, a seven footer, two hundred forty four pound, athletic a uh, freak that's just really growing up in front of our eyes at the age of 19. That's just kind of crazy. But, yeah, man, Steph, just watch him. He's, he's playing like MVP Steph. He really is really confident in his shot, and that's the worst thing that you want is a confident Steph Curry. Listen, he's going to pull up even if he's not feeling himself. He's going to pull up from 30. He's going to pull up from deep all the time. But you got Steph that's feeling himself and he's got a little bit of swag in his back pocket. That's that's a scary proposition for anybody the uh, the best shooter the game has ever seen. He's averaging 30.2 points per game in the NBA, which is uh, behind only Bradley Beal, all right? Uh, 6.2 assists per game, which puts him at 20th. And he's playing like, you know, like a spring chicken. He's playing very, very good basketball, scoring when they need it, and doing it in the clutch as well. Uh, 17 and 15, again, the dubs are in the Western Conference, so we'll see uh, what happens. But again, I... I I picked him to win the, the, uh, the MVP knowing he wasn't going to, but just more like to make a point because where would the Dubs be without Steph Curry right now in his 30 points per game? They wouldn't be at 17 and 15, I'll tell you that much. But uh, we're going to take a break. I got a really special guest on the line uh, holding, and he's going to talk some Canes baseball, maybe even some Canes football. Who knows? You know who he is, and I'll reveal it on the other side of the break. You're listening to the Michael McCoy Show on Sirius XM Channel 145, Slam Radio.
3: Hey, look what I found! A radio. Radio!
0: This is Series XM 145 Slam Radio.
5: I get it. Your desk has been there for you, holding up your computer, your unused stapler, and that plant you forgot to water. But maybe it's time to leave your desk and spend your lunch break volunteering with Meals on Wheels. Doing Meals on Wheels for me is the joy that I look for at the end of my week. I'll come to the door with one meal, and I'll walk away with a full heart. Drop off a warm meal and get more than you expect. Volunteer at americaletsdolunch.org. That's americaletsdolunch.org. Brought to you by Meals on Wheels America and the Ad Council.
3: Man, I love my kids so much. I once sat for three hours in the cold rain to watch her soccer team lose by 18 goals. I love my kids so much, I once used a tube to suck snot out of her stuffed nose at 3 a.m. You win.
6: Love your kids? Love them enough to make sure they're in the right car seat. From toddlers to tweens, visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat to find the right seat for their age and size. Keep them safe. Visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council.
0: We'll be back with the Michael McCoy Show on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio.
3: Text and work. Text and pretend to work. Text and act surprised when someone calls you out for not working. Who, me? Text and whatever, just don't text and drive. Visit stoptextsstoprex.org. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council.
7: Good morning, amigo. Josh Gordon is suspended. After his fiasco for violating terms of conditional reinstatement,
2: he tried to play that one off by saying, I'm gonna step down. All of a sudden, it caught up to him mighty fast.
7: He failed the drug test, didn't he? And he was predicting he was having mental health problems by virtue of knowing he was in trouble.
2: No, he knew they were about to knock on his door, which is he wasn't able to run out of the house fast enough.
7: They're gonna knock on his door? Or would they, I mean, could they at least ring the doorbell? Let me really describe this to you. Frank? Is, oh. oh, yeah. Get out! Oh, I. That, that, that's uh, scaringly accurate.
8: Good morning, amigo. Weekdays, 7 to 11, only on SiriusXM XM 145. Slam Radio.
9: My mother was always very active and independent, and she was familiar with her neighborhood. But one day, she stopped at the stop sign for much longer than usual. She wasn't even really sure where she was at. It's important for you to talk to someone about it. I felt so much better after my son told me, Mom, we'll
4: figure it out. When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's, now is the time to talk. Visit alz.org slash stories to learn more. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council.
10: There's no losing, only learning. There's no failure, only opportunities. And there's no problems, only solutions. So to me, what failure is, failure is the mother of all success. If it wasn't for Michael Jordan getting cut from his ninth grade basketball team, he wouldn't have became Michael Jordan. <laughs> You you gotta take those losses, you gotta take those hits. There's gotta be the valleys, the peaks, the ups, the downs, in order for you to, when it does happen, you go, wow, You know, this is what it's all about. And not only that, it's never about making it, guys, it's always about maintaining it. That's the toughest
0: part. On behalf of all of us here at Slam Radio, we would like to thank you, Pitbull, for making this dream become a reality.
1: Yo, what's up? This is Tua Tungle by
11: Loan.
0: Yo,
1: Sway Callaway.
12: This is
0: Spice Adams. This is Michael, the playmaker Everyone. What's up? This is
12: Grok, and you're listening to Slam Slam Radio. Radio. Sirius XM, yeah.
2: For every sport of every kind, tune in here where you will find.
0: And now we're back with The Michael McCoy Show on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio.
1: All right, everybody, we're back listening to the Michael McCoy show on SiriusXM Channel 145 Slam Radio. Just got through talking some NBA hoops, some all-star appearance, snubs, reserves, who you thought should have made it, who didn't make it. Oh, well, there's always next year, right? And uh, we're going to flip the switch right now and talk some Kane's baseball for a couple seconds. we got Josh White coming up at 1 o'clock. But before that, if you have ever taken in a football game or a baseball game, and have had the pleasure to tailgate, and uh, with Color Ridge Laz, he's on the phone right now with us. And you know, the guy is 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 a character man. Wears his canes on his sleeve, literally has an awesome tattoo on his arm. Laz, man, how you doing? Been a long time. What's up, Mike? How you doing, brother? Can't complain, man. Everything all right? How's Maureen doing?
12: She's good, man. She's working from home and has me packing up the house. So in essence, I'm working for Marie. <laughs> I She's
1: love my that, supervisor. Lady, man. I love that lady, man. Tell her we all said hi. Um, but I will, man. I will, bro. Cool, cool. Hey man, I really appreciate you taking the time to call into the Michael McCoy show. And um let's get right to it, man, because we gotta talk some Kane's baseball for obvious reasons. <laughs> You know, the good guys go up to enemy territory this past weekend to play the number one team in the nation. Depending on the poll that you look at, 21 and one poll, six and another poll, Canes are the underdogs for sure. They come away winning this series. Dude, how big is that win?
12: Man, on so many levels, it is huge. First and foremost, anytime you win two games, you know, against the Gators in their own territory is huge. Anybody that does that is a good, solid squad.
4: Right.
12: Now, not only did you go up there and help them inaugurate their stadium with a series (laughs) loss, you you basically took that number one ranking from them
1: because
12: we're number one in, I think, two polls now. Right. So, you know, you, you basically turned their opening weekend apart, tore their opening weekend apart, took the number one ranking, and also established yourself for the season at least as someone to contend with. The best part for me was the two freshman pitchers that were not at all impressed by the lights. They were not at all, you know, shrunken by the moment. They stepped up and they pitched two great games. The run support was awesome. You know, even though it was it was inconsistent if you will, the uh-huh. second game we scored eight runs and then just didn't do anything else. The other game we had to rally in overtime, right. you know, in extra innings. So, you know, to me, it, it's as big a series as you will win this year outside of Omaha.
1: There you go. That Listen, if anybody wants to get hyped talking Canes football, Canes baseball, it's things like that that Laz just said outside of Omaha because that's your expectation. If you guys remember when um, – and correct me if I'm wrong, Laz, but I, I believe that on his uh, – you know, tour here before he took the job, when Jim Morris took the job, they had, like, the second-place trophy holding, like, a door open, a bathroom door open. That's how we view Cane's f- <laughs> baseball here in Miami. Talk about that and what that team means to the community.
12: Man, listen, the athletic department is riddled with second-place, uh, your Big East trophies left and right, conference championships have never mattered, at least not to me or not any of the old-school fans. Right. You know, I'm not interested in winning the ACC. That's just another game. That I gotta play to get to where I'm going in football and in baseball it's the same thing, you know. We super regionals, super regionals, whatever. Everything for teams baseball leads to Omaha. You know, there's a huge sign in the locker room in baseball. I'm sure you've been in there and seen it. Uh-huh. It says Omaha. That's uh-huh. all we care about. Uh-huh. You know, we 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 look at the opponent in front of us. You're looking at Virginia Tech this weekend. You're not looking ahead to Florida State in a few weeks, for sure. But ultimately, every one of these kids knows and is told and explained that to be successful, you not only got to make Omaha, you got to walk away with the trophy. Anything less is uncivilized because the man that put college baseball on the map, the wizard, Ron Frazier, that's the goal he set, that's the standard he set, and honestly, to, to, to deviate from that is failure.
1: Well said, man. Well said. Anybody that's just now tuning in, uh, listening to the Michael mokosha on Sirius X on Channel 145, Slam did Radio. Th-
2: did Laz just throw out a right guard reference with anything less would be uncivilized? <laughs> was I, I was funny.
1: wondering if you caught that. That was very, very funny. It was. And by the way, Laz, hey, yes, that hey. is. On espera un
12: momento. Espera. That's
7: my amigo. That's everybody's amigo. That's right. That's who it is, bro. What's up, man? What the baby? Okay, bro. How you doing, Flago?
1: I think we kind of lost Laz. Laz, if you're still listening, just man. Just lose him? Are you serious? He'll call man. He'll oh,
2: back. Right here. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, I think okay. he's not used to people calling him Flacco. That's the thing.
12: <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that, that honestly is taking me some time to get used to. Yeah, through your curve, How's the family, Bobby? Larry? How's the family, Larry? Everybody's
7: doing good, bro. Everybody's
12: doing good. Yeah, well, Bobby. Excellent, bro. Good to hear, it, man. But yeah, man, I'm listen. Uh, the, the standard for the University of Miami sports in general, you know, when you're talking football and baseball, is to ultimately hoist the trophy up, and and not a conference trophy. That's lowering the standard here, and I get it. We're in the ACC now. The ACC is a power conference, ra rah, 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 rah. But unless you dominate the conference, you don't get to the championship game, and we have to do it. But ultimately, the championship game, the final game of the season, is where you want to be.
1: Laz, I wanted to talk to you about the Mark-like mob, man, because – I have to admit and shame on me i get i was just talking about frank with this uh off air before he came on the only time i have stepped foot into the light was to get a shake okay i've never really God. taken in a game yeah i mean can you blame me right but um it was a sunday a couple years ago after one of my shows on campus and so um talk about that and how you're left right i mean frank was just telling me about that and, you know how you guys started all of that how did that come about what is the mark is that like the equivalent of the west end zone crew at the ob at the old ob
12: absolutely absolutely on the guys that started the west end zone crew stam fred uh, g-man all those guys you know they they used to make Kings baseball games too the mark like mob really earned the nickname about 15 years ago 15 17 years ago before that, we were just a crazy Mark Light guy, <laughs> you know, and we've been going there. Most of us have been going there all our lives. You know, a lot of us, our kids' kids are there now, you know. Wow. You know, we were raised there. My son Jordan, you know, was basically a toddler running around after fall balls, you know, so Mark Light is the last genuine, original Miami sports venue left standing. You understand uh, what I'm yeah. saying? If, if they gone. knocked down the o- oh, Yeah. Yeah. Bowie Mauro, which was Miami Stadium back in the day when the Orioles used to come for spring training. Uh-huh. Um, the the OB's gone. Yep. You know, there's nothing. You know, Joe Robbie Stadium has like 60 different names already. <laughs> you know, so Mark Light is the last, really, and it's such a family atmosphere. It's like I try to explain to people back in the day how as kids in, the, in Little Havana neighborhood we would walk into the football games uh, and just literally walk in through the door, through the gates, because our aunts, our cousins, our neighbors ran the gates, and we never bought a ticket. You know, we'd be down on the field. You know, I, I tell a story on the Hail Flutie. We wow. were running on the field when they were pushing us back, talking about, you know, touchdown. And we sat on the bench. Wow! And the players comforted us because we were in tears. I was a 10-year-old kid. Oh, man. You know, and, and Mark Light is the last place where you still feel that, you know. And the mob is just, you know, dedicated people that have been going there for decades. Are some of, some of their kids are in the mob now, you know. So I sit around these young kids, and they're left, right, left, They're seeing that. <laughs> yeah all that and you feel a sense of pride and accomplishment you were able to pass that on, you know, and it'll it'll last forever, unfortunately, this year because of the pandemic you know in the and the shortage of seats,
0: mm-hmm.
12: a lot of us are going to be at games' cause we you know they did some system u you m know, you know they tickets, however they felt like, and a lot of us were left out i got I was able to get tickets, but I didn't want a seat in the parking lot,
9: uh-huh. you
12: know, so i we're behind home plate always in the same spot for years. But um, we'll take this year off. But we'll be back next year, God willing. The pandemic will be a thing of the past, and we'll be back in the left, right, lefting. But the Mark Light Mob is is just like the West End Zone crew. It, you know, the the deep end for the Dolphin games. Thank those you. guys are super dedicated. The maniac, you know, uh, you know those people like that. So so it, it is a part of Miami sports culture, and it, it's a it's it's a it's a great thing to look at because it is a family atmosphere. Again, generation upon generation of of Canes baseball fans are are seated in those seats and root for that team.
1: It's awesome that uh, a school like the University of Miami that resides in an international city like Miami uh, has something in the athletic department with a deep tradition like that because not to say that we don't have that in football, but when you compare what you just described to the football team, it probably cannot compare. Maybe if there wasn't a move from the OB to the Miami Gardens, maybe that might have been something to – to be established but let's talk about that football team really quick man because there's no way i'm gonna let you come on this show and not talk about <laughs> about the gridiron man how are you feeling this Absolutely. off season? i know you're not big on the offseason but you know there's been some news just made a hire on the linebacker type uh side of uh, summer sorry, sorry on the linebacker coaching staff side of things and so um a long way to alabama are you gonna be there i know i will in atlanta uh, 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 where's laz's head at in terms of canes football
12: I mean, absolutely, absolutely want to, you know, want to be in Atlanta for for the Alabama game. And again, it all depends on the virus,
1: man. That's true. Um, you That's
12: know, true. and I'm not, I'm not. Maureen's a high risk, you know. Maureen's a cancer <laughs> survivor, and um, she's, you know, I'm not going to risk my wife's life, no, of course, you not. know, to no, go man, catch a, a football game, you know. But absolutely, I plan on being there. God willing, the virus permitting. How I feel about the program, you know. Man, listen, I'm going to be really honest. I, I, my, my expectations are always high for Kings football, but but my optimism is low. Um, Unfortunately, Manny hasn't shown me anything, you know, and, and, uh, and he has to prove some things. I still have that nasty taste of the loss to FIU, Ugh. you know, in Miami in my mouth. Then I had the collapses last year. The season started off great. We were in Orlando. They played the Gators really close. They had every opportunity to win that game. Yeah and you were like all right we're going to go 11 and 1 and then boom 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 you know yeah um yeah. Manny, manny needs to do some things that 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 prove that he's he's suited and he's up to the task and first and foremost it's winning you can win all the recruiting every coach that has come mm-hmm. after um Coker has won recruiting battles Shannon had a one in number 7 class i think right um, Al recruited good. The recruiting not the problem here. The recruiting has never been the problem here. We get kids at Alabama, USC, Ohio State, you know, all those schools go after and we get them. The problem is that when they get here, we do nothing with them. Right. So, development is key, it's huge. You know, Ed Reed will be the first to tell you that, you know, he was a no star guy. He had two offers, I think, uh-huh. us and East Carolina. Right. But he came here and he blew up because the competition, you know, and, and, and the expectations and the coaches pushing, you know, and push. And that's what I have to see from Manny, man. I, I'm not really impressed right now. Of course, being Cuban-American like Manny, and I wish all the success in the world you know, that, you know, for him, but unfortunately right now to me, Manny's another Al Golden. Manny's another, you know, he's warming the seat okay. for the next guy that, that's going to come up, and hopefully that'll be the one that, that, that earns the job and, 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 and does what needs to be done. Miami football's in the gutter, and we keep going cheap on coaches. And at some point, they're going to have to understand that they can't hire anybody to OJT. This is not a job yeah. that you OJT on. Yeah. you got to get somebody with experience. you got to get a Stoops. you got to lure, uh, and I hate to say it, uh, a mayor. you got to lure a double. you got to lure one of those guys. Got gotcha. you. Gotcha. And until we get one of those guys, it'll be the same thing over and over again.
1: Oof. Some, some, some truth there from uh, a guy that literally bleeds orange and green. You cut him open, and you'll probably be surprised. But, yeah, man, I mean, I'm of the school of thought where um, – I I hate, and when people say this, I get a lot I'm sorry, when I say this, I get a lot of flack from people, but I'm patient in the sense that because of the day needs that we live in, and I feel that there's like, you can't give a coach three, and not saying that you said that, but you can't give a coach, like some of these schools are three four years saying turn it around or else, you know what I mean? And so I'm, I'm looking at it as like a glass half full type of approach because being a Canes fan is, is, is bad for your health. So, um, yeah. It is, man. I mean, you see when totals go up the first two years, okay, cool. He's doing what he needs to do in terms of getting the staff. He saw a problem. He changed it from year one to year two. Year two to year three, he saw another problems in the staff, changed that. So he's doing – he knows, obviously, what needs to be done. It's just all of these changes, is it should it should lead to results. I mean, again, you're solving the problem off the field as opposed to translate. What do they say in sports? It starts at the top, and, you know, Manny's making those changes, so – We'll see, man. Look, um, I,
12: go ahead. To me, honestly, look, I, I'm I'm not a huge fan of Coach Turnover. I I stayed without to the bitter end. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, well, you're better than you me. You know, and, and I stayed without to the and with Randy the same thing. You know, I I was excited with the Randy Shannon hire. Yeah. Finally, we got a guy that knows how to put this thing together. Yeah, yeah. He was the bag man back in the '80s. He knows what it takes. Blah blah blah.
1: Been there, done. And that.
12: Yep. you know exactly, but I. At the same time, you know, the excuse of the times we live in, you can't use that excuse when Alabama's still winning. You can't use yeah. that excuse when Clemson's okay. winning. You can't use that excuse on USC, even though they've been down a couple of years. You can't use that excuse at Florida, Florida State, because they've had success and we haven't, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. on and on and on. So, and they have the same circumstances and situations that we deal with, you know. True. So, you know, at some point, you know, I have a five-year plan with Manny. We're halfway through that right now, and I just, I'm just saying I'm not optimistic from what I've seen. I want him to prove me wrong. I want to come on your show next year and be a total jerk and say, you know what, I was wrong. I got to swallow my pride. You know what I mean? I want to do that. I want to be wrong. You know, I'll tell you what, when they hired Gino for baseball, I'm like, here we go, nepotism, his old man donuts a bunch of money, we just hired this guy, and I could not have been more wrong. Wow. Crazy, I was wow. total 180 to the program in baseball. So Adino can do it, and he knows the recipe. I suggest Manny follow Gino around with a little notepad, <laughs> and, and, you know, and, and start taking notes because Gino knows how to get it done.
1: He does, man. And, and it's harder
12: in baseball, and it's harder in baseball because in baseball you don't got no total. Sc- I think they got nine scholarships, and they're per- partial scholarships at that. Right. So you got to lure kids that not only can play and can make the grade, but they also got to have money to be able to pay this outrageous amount of money that you paid there to put a U on your, on your diploma. Oof. You know about that.
1: Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Tell me about it. <laughs> not from an athlete's perspective, but from a monetary standpoint. Yeah. I hear you. I hear man. you. You know? No, no. So yeah,
12: man, I, I, I hope Manny succeeds, man. And, and then they'll do my, I mean, listen, man. I, like you said, I believe that from a little kid, man, when my parents came in from Cuba we lived across the Orange Bowl, and my brothers literally would carry this toddler into the stadium. It was the only place my mom would allow them to take me without her. So I literally grew up there, man. I, I sat that Gino Toretto, tell you, this is on the bench with these guys, drink their Gatorade. We were neighborhood kids. We were street kids. You know what I mean? And that right. program took us under their wing, Thrill Hill, you know, all these guys. So to me, it's it's not just a team. It's not just a sport. A culture, it really man. is a family. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know? It really is a family.
1: I love to hear that, man. I love to hear that, the experience and, you know, guys like you that know what the university baseball team or the athletics department means to the community. And although it is a different age and times, there's still guys like you, like myself, who know that, um, you know, the Can- Canes football, Canes basketball, it's a real thing. And especially when they're up, there's nothing better. There's College football is better when the Canes are there. Uh, college baseball is yep. better when the Canes are there. And so... Yep. This show is better when Look, you're on, man. I appreciate you calling. Thank in, you,
12: brother. Hey, my pleasure. Look, the school belongs to the alums. No problem. I, 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 I haven't paid hundred grand to go to Miami, and I don't think I would. But, you know, <laughs> and, and props to you guys that do it because you do it from the heart and you, you could go anywhere else. If you got into Miami, chances are you could have gotten into 40 other schools. But the sports teams, baseball, yeah. football, basketball, eh, swimming, all that, those belong to the community yeah. and the alums. you got to share those because we put as much heart and passion and money and time into them as you do to your studies. So, absolutely, you, the, the sports teams are everybody. Amen and we that. love it as much as you guys love that diploma.
1: Amen to that, man. Amen to that. I hate that argument, oh, well, did you go to Miami? Who? Got, that's just the stupidest thing. Get the hell out of my face. I went to Miami.
12: <laughs> I, I, I went to Miami, East Little Havana, born and raised, and I'm up to
1: Colorado Ridge.
12: You know, and I'm from the streets here, so damn right I went to Miami. I'm still in Miami.
1: There you're right. There you're right. That's exactly what I'm going to point to when I hear that again. I said, let, let me introduce you to my buddy Laz, man, so he can tell you <laughs> that he's from Miami, whether or not he has a a, a, a degree. That's just a piece of paper, man. It doesn't mean anything. But Laz, dude, this is won't be the first – I'm sorry, it is the first time, but it won't be the last time, and we got to do this again sometime soon. Bro, I'm
12: just happy to hear you on the air, man. Um, you're a talent. You know, we've been – We've been messing with each other for a long time. And um, it just does my heart good to see you have a podium. You deserve one. And bigger and better things are surely to come, Mike. So... You know, I call you the real McCoy because that's the real deal, right there.
4: <laughs>
9: but
12: uh, especially with guys like 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 Larry and Frankie, man, guys that are, that are near and dear to my heart, and I love them. So this is a family show for me. Anytime you want me on, you call me, you tell me, you don't ask, you just say, hey, live, you're on tomorrow." Okay, let's go.
1: <laughs> man, that means a lot to every support, man. I really appreciate that, and I'll never forget the time that you came on Noche Buena out of nowhere. You know, that morning with Maureen. <laughs> I really appreciate that. I'll never, I'll never forget about that. But. Um, Larry, any, anything for last?
7: Oh, shout out to last man. Welcome. uh, Welcome to our airways. I know you've been on here before, but man, thanks for the love. And yeah, he is the real McCoy. We, uh, we've incorporated him in here in the in the station and looking for bigger and better things coming up in the, in the coming months.
12: Oh yeah. Maureen just whispered in my ear, when are you going to do another freestyle poll? <laughs> yeah, we're gonna have to. We're
7: gonna have to circle back around and do that one. It's been a year almost, so we're gonna back. Yeah, back bro, and do something with that.
12: <laughs> that was good, Dolly, that man. fun, hey, man. Hey, man, I love you that. guys.
7: That was fun. That
12: was, fun. That was funny. I, I lost. I lost because who ended up winning? Stevie B, no? Uh, yes. Yeah, and she's Mrs. Stevie B. Every time we go to a freestyle concert, it's embarrassing. But she's like. She's like those chicks that used to throw their panties at Michael Jackson.
2: He's not lying. I've been there live seeing yeah, it. Yeah, he's though. giddy like
12: a little kid, bro. <laughs> so, yeah, don't it, it, it is embarrassing. Like that,
1: man. Don't talk about it like that, man. Don't, don't do it. I'm going
12: to have to pay for it when I go inside because he's listening. So.
1: Oh, God. Love you, honey. <laughs> Maureen, you're welcome on the on the air as well. But, um, last man, I really appreciate your time. Um, I'll text you in a little bit, okay?
12: Dale, hit me up. Frankie, we'll talk soon, all right? Dale, te quiero, it. Dale, I love you too, man. Take care, Larry. Lo quiero.
7: Bye. Take care, bro. All
1: right, guys. Um, That was last. Uh, we're going to go ahead and continue the baseball talk with Josh White on the other side of the break. You're listening to The Michael McCoy Show on Sirius XM, Channel 145, Slam Radio. Hey,
3: look what I found.
5: A radio.
0: Radio. This is Sirius XM, 145, Slam Radio. <laughs>
5: I get it, your desk has been there for you. Holding up your computer, your unused stapler, and that plant you forgot to water. But maybe it's time to leave your desk and spend your lunch break volunteering with Meals on Wheels. Doing Meals on Wheels for me is the joy that I look for at the end of my week. I'll come to the door with one meal and I'll walk away with a full heart. Drop off a warm meal and get more than you expect. Volunteer at americaletsdolunch.org. That's americaletsdolunch.org. Brought to you by Meals on Wheels America and the Ad Council.
3: Man, I love my kids so much. I once sat for three hours in the cold rain to watch her soccer team lose by 18 goals. I love my kids so much, I once used a tube to suck snot out of her stuffed nose at 3 a.m. You win.
6: Love your kids? Love them enough to make sure they're in the right car seat. From toddlers to tweens, visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat to find the right seat for their age and size. Keep them safe. Visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council.
0: We'll be back with the Michael McCoy Show on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio.
3: Text and work. Text and pretend to work. Text and act surprised when someone calls you out for not working. Who, me? Text and whatever, just don't text and drive. Visit stoptextsstoprex.org. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council.
7: Good morning, amigo. Josh Gordon is suspended. After his fiasco for violating terms of conditional reinstatement, he tried to play that one off by saying, I'm gonna step down. All of a
2: sudden, it caught up to him mighty fast.
7: He failed the drug test, didn't he? And he was predicting he was having mental health problems by virtue of knowing he was in trouble.
2: No, he knew they were about to knock on his door, which is he wasn't able to run out of the house fast enough.
7: They're gonna knock on his door? Or would they, I mean, could they at least ring the doorbell? Let me really describe this to you. Frank? Oh, oh yeah. Oh, I. That, that, that's uh, scaringly accurate. Good morning,
8: amigo. Weekdays, 7 to 11, only on SiriusXM XM 145. Slam Radio.
9: My mother was always very active and independent, and she was familiar with her neighborhood. But one day, she stopped at the stop sign for much longer than usual. She wasn't even really sure where she was at. It's important for you to talk to someone
5: about it. I felt so much better after my son told me, Mom, we'll figure it out.
4: When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's, now is the time to talk. Visit alz.org slash stories to learn more. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council.
10: There's no losing, only learning. There's no failure, only opportunities. And there's no problems, only solutions. So to me, what failure is, failure is the mother of all success. If it wasn't for Michael Jordan getting cut from his ninth grade basketball team, he wouldn't have became Michael Jordan. Mm-hmm. you you got to take those losses. you got to take those hits. There's got to be the valleys, the peaks, the ups, the downs. In order for you to, when it does happen, you go, wow, rico. You know, This is what it's all about. And not only that, it's never about making it, guys. It's always about maintaining it. That's the toughest part.
0: On behalf of all of us here at Slam Radio, we would like to thank you, Pitbull, for making this dream become a reality.
11: This is WWE Superstar, The Big Show, and you're listening to Slam Radio.
0: And now we're back with The Michael McCoy Show on Sirius XM 145
1: Slam Radio. I'm feeling this old school vibe, man. I, I, Frank has been asking me to send him a list of songs that I want, but I mean, this, he could be a DJ. I think he was a DJ in his past life. <laughs> Listening to The Michael McCoy Show on Sirius XM, Channel 145 Slam Radio. That was a fun segment with Laz and Larry and Frank and the family, because that's exactly what we are here at Slam Radio talking about, you know, his, his experiences as a child growing up at the OB, at Mart Like Stadium. And so we're going to continue that conversation on this side. I have Josh White a really good buddy of mine, fellow Kanelum He's still over at UM doing his thing, working on another degree. And if you don't know who he is, I suggest you follow him on Twitter. Uh, really, really good follow. Knows his stuff on the diamond, on the football field, on the basketball court. And I'm really, really glad to have him on the show. Josh, how you been? Good, Mike. How you doing? I'm great, man. Thank you very much for joining the show. Called you last night. Well, spoke to you last night via text. And uh, I really appreciate you coming on on short notice. But Really quick, man, let's get right to it because I know you got to be gone a little bit. Canes baseball, we talked about it with the lads in the last segment, Um, doing a number and taking a series over at Florida with the Gators. Before I get into, you know, the questioning, what's your initial reaction uh, about Miami doing this for the first time against the Gators in a very long time? Josh, you there? Mike,
13: sorry, I think I lost you for a sec. What uh, what was the end of that one?
1: No, it's okay. I was just I wanted to get before I get into the questioning that I have here for that I have here for you. Your initial reaction uh, for Miami doing what they did this past weekend up at uh, up at Florida?
13: Well, obviously, I think it's huge uh, for the program because as of late, heading into that series, Florida had dominated uh, that rivalry. They won ten of the last eleven series. They they won six straight series. Um, obviously you're facing the consensus number one team from Miami's perspective. And they went out there. I wouldn't say it was the cleanest weekend. I think it was, uh, you know, just some sloppy baseball on both sides. But I think Miami did a few extra things right over Florida. And they came out on top with, with two or three. And I, I think that's big for this program as they kind of move in this new era under Gino Damari.
1: Awesome. Awesome. Okay. Um, I want. I have some questions here that I really took some time on because – As you know, uh, baseball isn't exactly my forte, so I need somebody smarter than me when it comes to that. So going into 2021, Canes baseball had the following. They were fresh off of – well, they are fresh off of a 12-4 shortened season, having last played on March 11th last year. Obviously, the season cut short due to COVID. They are also entering the season looking to bounce back by – after being swept – in a huge one-versus-two matchup early last season against the Gators at the light. Uh, they have to figure out how to replace three big arms in Slade Ciccone, uh Chris McMahon, and Brian Van Bell, who all, you know, went pro, lost them to the majors. And then they answered last weekend going into enemy territory, just like you said, against the number one team in the country. We all know that emotions run high, especially when you are opening up a new stadium. But what is the overall mood in the clubhouse? Was there a specific message that Coach Damari had to the club after the series?
13: Well, I, I think even before the series, the message that Gino gave to the squad is obviously they're excited to be back. They hadn't played in you know, almost a year. They were facing the number one team. It was a rivalry. So I think there were plenty of emotions in that regard. But I think the one big thing he said to the team is a champion is not going to be crowned this weekend. No one's giving out rings for whoever wins this series. Um, and I think that was the attitude among the team into the weekend, and I think that's still their attitude after the weekend. Does it give them a big jolt moving forward? Absolutely. They just beat the consensus number one team in the country. They won a rivalry series. Which they haven't won in quite some time. But I, I think there's still plenty of work to do for this team, and I think they're pretty level-headed moving forward.
1: Okay. Okay, And I mean, wise words from somebody that's been there, done that, especially someone that played under the wizard and Ron Frazier. We'll get a hint. We'll get into that in a little bit. But um, Miami was ranked as high as six by uh, collegiate baseball and as low as 21 by D1 baseball after losing its entire starting rotation last season. But bringing uh, bringing back nearly all of its lineup, what do you feel going into 21 uh, was a fair ranking for the Canes?
13: That's a great question. Um, I think six might have been a little too high. I think 21 might have been a little too low.
1: Okay.
13: Uh, I think anywhere in between that range is probably about right. They have a lot of questions to answer, and they didn't even answer them in one weekend. Um, obviously, you lose your entire starting rotation, like you mentioned. Uh, it was an excellent starting rotation that I'm sure Miami would have loved to have a full season right. uh, to watch. J.D. Arteaga said it might have been their best starting rotation uh, since he's been the pitching coach in Miami. He's in his 18th or 19th seasons. you wow. have seen plenty of good arms uh, come through the program. They unfortunately didn't get a chance to see that. So I, I still think there's plenty of questions to answer with their starting rotation. That being said, uh, Daniel Fetterman's in his fourth year with the program. He's had success over his first three years. The two freshmen they have, Alejandro Rosario and Victor Maderos, they have electric electric stuff, but okay. they're true freshmen. Okay. You, you, you never know what's going to happen. But so I think they're still some questions to see what's going to happen long-term with the pitching matchup with the pitching rotation. And I think their defense uh, Mm -hmm. needs to be much more improved than what it was against UF. Now, again, first weekend of the year, plenty of work to still go. Um, So where do I think is the fair ranking? I don't don't know if I should put a number on it. They they moved up in the polls this week.
9: Uh, They're
13: as high as one. There is, in the three to six range a bunch, I think somewhere in the top ten is reasonable.
1: Okay, okay. Um, the Canes obviously had a huge, you know, series that ret- we've been talking about, it, but they play in a conference that everybody likes to call the ACC a basketball conference. I mean, wow. They're now, the Canes are now ranked number one in the country, and since opening weekend of last season, um, I'm sorry, for the second time, obviously, they swept Rutgers last year. But what do they have to do to make sure that they – have staying power at that number one spot, especially in the ACC. Um, you got teams that were ranked in the preseason like Louisville, NC State, Virginia, uh, Georgia Tech, Wake, FSU, and Duke. That's no that's no slim picking. So what is Miami's main focus? What do they have to do to stay atop? Because they're going to have a huge target on their back moving forward.
13: Yeah, the, the ACC is a loaded conference, not just this year, but every year. And I think college baseball especially – in 2021 because of COVID and because of the shortened draft, you see a lot more teams are turned veteran players. You see a lot more teams have deeper teams. Right. I think Miami is one of those teams in terms of a deep team, but I do think Miami might be a little younger uh, than some of these other teams. And I don't know if that might be a great thing for Miami, kind of that youth, that innocence okay. uh, might be great for this program. Uh, they also did bring in the key transfers, which I think um, is great for the experience side. But the, the ACC is always excellent. Louisville's really, really good this year. As always, Virginia, I think, is going to be much improved. Teams like North Carolina have maybe taken a step back, but there's a lot of teams. It's an extremely deep conference talk about this year.
1: Okay, okay, fair enough. Um, let me ask, you, I'm going to rewind back uh, last season when Freddie Zamora, shortstop, goes down with an ACL tear in practice before the season even started, before uh, opening pitch against Rutgers. Um, and obviously, you know, it was a huge loss. He's now moved on to the pros. Um, how is? I'm sorry. Here, we... okay. Here it is. How is uh, Miami going to have to make up for what may seem to feel like their biggest offensive loss? What many seem to feel like their biggest offensive loss last. Is it going to be like a total team effort, or is there is, there's, is there that one guy that says, "Okay, we can we can put all our chips into him."
13: Well, I, I think it's interesting because last year you saw the offense without Freddie. It was only 16 games. In 2019, their offense was spectacular, one of the best in the country, probably the best in the ACC. They led the conference in home runs uh, with 85 homers, which was their most in like nine or years or something like that. Um, but I, I think you're going to see a top to bottom, a very complete lineup. It's led by Adrian Del Castillo, projected you know, top five overall pick in the draft. Alex Terrell is obviously a big bat in there as well. Uh, But Gino Tamari doesn't think it's going to be two guys that are going to get it done. I think it's one through nine. They probably have about, I don't know, 13 guys that could start on most ACC teams. So it's a very, very deep lineup. Uh And I think you're going to see them play plenty of matchups, ride the hot hand. Um, So do they maybe lack a little balance from when they had Freddie with another right-handed bat? Sure. But I don't think it'll be a problem.
1: Okay. Are they deep enough to sustain a similar loss if that was to happen this year and still be a team to be reckoned with?
13: It's an interesting question because it might not even necessarily be a loss for the entire year with COVID. You now throw in that factor, you might lose a guy for two weeks because he comes down with coronavirus or things like that. Obviously, the University of Miami Athletic Program has been really good about handling COVID, as you've seen in other sports, basketball they haven't had. Uh, a positive test or a canceled game during the season. Mm-hmm. Football, they obviously had their stretch for seven or eight weeks where they kept playing while their teams had some cancellations. Um, but in terms of sustaining it, I think so. Depending on who the player is, they're really deep at multiple spots. They returned eight of nine hitters. The only loss, um, you know, they lost Freddie last year, which was a big loss for them. Um, I, I don't know. I, I think they have enough there. It'll just be interesting to see who the name is. The names might change, but I think you will see results in all nine spots.
1: Fair enough, fair enough. And if you're just now tuning in, you're listening to the Michael McCoy Show on Sirius XM, Channel 145, Slam Radio. I'm joined right now by my buddy Josh White. Uh, We were doing some work with WVUN back in the day. Well, he still is. And so um, talking Canes baseball, obviously. Josh, I wanted to ask you the following. Um... Entering his third season at Miami, Gino DeMar was 53 and 24 after replacing Jim Morris in 2019. Uh, 41 and 20, 12 and 4 last, well, 41 and 20 his first year, and then 12 and 4 last year in a COVID shortened season. Uh, talk about what Gino brings to the team after having played under the late, great Ron Frazier. And does he model, do you know if he models any of his coaching theories after the Wizard?
13: Yeah, so what Gino kind of says where his coaching style comes from, it's a mix of, Three people: Rich Hoffman, who was a high school coach at Westminster Christian, who brought Gino back in to coach for a year; Ron Fraser, who was his college coach at Miami, the Wizard of College Baseball, and then Jim Morris. who Jim Morris and Ron Fraser, their careers really paralleled each other right. at Miami, both winning two national championships, both making countless trips for the College World Series. Of course, Fraser built the program, and Morris kind of carried on the torch, if you will. Um, so I, I think you see like a no nonsense. Type of style from Gino Damari. He's definitely a player's coach. I think the players love him. Um, he has plenty of experience as an assistant coach. He's been at Miami. is his 22nd season overall. Uh, he was the recruiting coordinator for so many years. Uh-huh. He's brought in so much of their talent over the years, whether it's Ryan Braun, uh, yeah, it's Monty Grandal, Yonder Alonso, John Jay. You know, the, the names are endless that Gino's kind of brought in. Um, I think he's the right guy for the job. I think he's done great things with this program in such a short time, and I wouldn't be surprised to see a fifth national championship back in Coral Gable sometime
1: soon. Okay, okay. And with just a few minutes to go, because I know you got to head out, um, for Miami to get back to hosting a super regional, which is that's been like a staple in the program for such a long time, what must happen this season? What has to go right for Miami? What cannot happen for uh, Miami? if they want to host a Super Regional?
13: I honestly think it comes down to pitching and defense. I think you know what you're going to get uh, from the offensive side of the ball, just they're returning so many veteran hitters so much deeper on that side uh, of the game. I, I think pitching, especially starting pitching, is the question. I think they're extremely talented with all three starters, uh, but it just becomes Daniel Fetterman was you know, their closer. He was a, a reliever for much of his career, made four starts as a freshman, That Friday night start last week against Florida was just the fifth of his career, so I think Fed has proven it as a college pitcher. It will just be interesting to see that transition uh, to being the Friday night guy, the ace, the guy who sets the tone uh, for the weekend. Alejandro Rosario and Victor Madero have some of the most electric stuff in the country. They showed that against Florida at times. Uh, They didn't go, I think, as long in the game as maybe Miami would have liked. And then... The defense didn't help them either. All three games, they kind of kicked the ball around. They didn't make some routine plays. I I think that's been Miami's Achilles' heel the last, I don't know, three, four, maybe five years even, has been defense. And it's something that Gino Dumari thinks they're going to be significantly better at uh, this season. They have a shortstop named Dominic Tokele, who they absolutely love his glove. Um, He's kind of a guy that he started on Friday night. He had a couple starts this weekend. Um, but he might be called on as a defensive replacement late. Uh, C.J. Kafis is another guy they love defensively. Okay. At first base, Tony Jenkins, uh, the veteran center fielder, that is pretty much a vacuum in center made the <laughs> season, or the series ending in play, which was incredible. Right. Um, so I, I think there's plenty of potential defensively and on the mound. I think it's just now go out there and prove it.
1: Okay. Okay. Well, there you have it, folks. Uh, a guy that has taken in so many baseball games at the light whether it be as a fan or behind the mic like I am right now announcing them uh, on, the, uh, on the airwaves of WVGM 90.5 FM, the school radio station for the University of Miami. Um, Josh, man, I really appreciate your insight, and I'm hoping it's not the last time that we get on and talk some baseball, maybe even football or basketball. Absolutely. I'm happy to hop on anytime. I appreciate you, man. Um, ladies and gentlemen, that's Josh White, and we're going to go ahead and take a quick break, pay some bills. We'll be back on the other side of the break. You're listening to Mike McCoy. I'm sorry, the Michael McCoy Show on Sirius XM Channel 145 Slam Radio.
3: Hey, look what I found. A
5: radio.
0: Radio. This is Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio.
5: I get it. Your desk has been there for you, holding up your computer, your unused stapler, and that plant you forgot to water. But maybe it's time to leave your desk and spend your lunch break volunteering with Meals on Wheels. Doing Meals on Wheels for me is the joy that I look for at the end of my week. I'll come to the door with one meal and I'll walk away with a full heart. Drop off a warm meal and get more than you expect. Volunteer at americaletsdolunch.org. That's americaletsdolunch.org. Brought to you by Meals on Wheels America and the Ad Council.
3: Man, I love my kids so much. I once sat for three hours in the cold rain to watch her soccer team lose by 18 goals. I love my kids so much, I once used a tube to suck snot out of her stuffed nose at 3 a.m. You win.
6: Love your kids? Love them enough to make sure they're in the right car seat. From toddlers to tweens, visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat to find the right seat for their age and size. Keep them safe. Visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council.
0: We'll be back with the Michael McCoy Show on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio.
3: Text and work. Text and pretend to work. Text and act surprised when someone calls you out for not working. Who, me? Text and whatever. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council.
7: Good morning, Amigo. Josh Gordon is suspended after his fiasco for violating terms of conditional reinstatement.
2: He tried to play that one off by saying I'm gonna step down. All of a sudden, it caught up to him mighty fast.
7: He failed a drug test, didn't he? And he was predicting he was having mental health problems by virtue of knowing he was in trouble.
2: No, he knew they were about to knock on his door, which is he wasn't able to run out of the house fast enough.
7: They're gonna knock on his door? Or would they, I mean, could they at least ring the doorbell? Let me really describe this to you, Frank.
8: Oh. Police!
7: Oh Get yeah! Out! Oh, I, that that that's uh, scaringly accurate. Good
8: morning, amigo. Weekdays, seven to eleven only on XM One Forty Five Slam Radio.
10: There's no losing, only learning. There's no failure, only opportunities. And there's no problems, only solutions. So to me, what failure is, failure is the mother of all success. If it wasn't for Michael Jordan getting cut from his ninth grade basketball team, he wouldn't have became Michael Jordan. You know, if it wasn't for, uh, I seen an, an article the other day where they were talking about Oprah Winfrey and how she got fired because she wasn't good for television. You know, you got people like Walt Disney who got fired, if I'm not mistaken, from a newspaper saying he had no imagination. So what do you tell him? You tell him, you know... You know that, that all they can do is learn and come back bigger, better, stronger, because all it's going to do is lead you in the right direction. See, if you're always winning, then you don't really understand what it is to win. You, you got to take those losses. You got to take those hits. There's got to be the valleys, the peaks, the ups, the downs. In order for you to... When it does happen, you go, wow, you know, this is what it's all about. And not only that, It's never about making it, guys. It's always about maintaining it. That's the toughest part.
0: On behalf of all of us here at Slam Radio, we would like to thank you, Pitbull, for making this dream become a reality.
11: This is WWE Superstar, The Big Show, and you're listening to Slam Radio.
0: And now we're back with The Michael McCoy Show on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio
1: red, which is why I bring guys on the air like Laz, who you heard his his passion for everything orange and green, and then Josh is just uh, tearing it up, doing his thing with WVUM and everything else that he has going on in terms of sports media, but uh, we're back, and you're listening to the Michael McCoy Show on SiriusXM channel, 145 Slam Radio. Uh, I didn't mean it to be this way, but it ended up working out that way. We're going to still keep talking some canes, except we're going to head over to the gridiron side of things and I got a buddy of mine who uh, knows his stuff he's working on a few things on a couple projects on his own does some interviews with some uh, recruits at Miami's go ahead and looking at we're going to potentially talk about those right now but my buddy Ross is on the line way 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 when I say West Coast (laughs) that may be that may be an understatement he's calling in from Alaska show the guy some love Ross man good morning for you how are you
11: doing great man doing great it's about Nine nine thirty here in Alaska. You know, just uh, got a cup of coffee in my hand and just uh, ready to roll, baby.
1: Awesome, man. Listen, I appreciate you waking up and uh, pulling out. You know, this setting away some time for the show, man. uh, Really means a lot. But uh, let's get right to it because one of our favorite subjects is Kane's football, and uh, people were kind of worried. I was a little worried, not so much. Other other people were. more worried about the fact losing a guy like Travis Williams last uh, last week. I was on here a couple weeks ago talking about how huge of a hire it was, and it was, but then I kind of was thinking, I was like, how much of a quote-unquote loss is it when you lose a guy that wasn't really here long enough to make an impact? Yes, the guy had 100% uh, effect on, you know, relationships that he started to build here, and who knows if those relationships took a hit. That's why you're here to talk about, but Miami makes uh, a hire, uh, a linebacker coach by the name of Ishmael Aris, Aris, Aristide? I hope I'm pronouncing yeah, it correctly. Aris. And so he comes over from AM as a uh, defensive analyst. Tell me what you think about the hire, the loss of Travis Williams and everything that goes along with that, what it means to recruits, so on and so forth.
11: Yeah, I mean, the, the thing with Travis Williams is, is, even though that guy was only here for a short time, I mean, the impact... Some of these recruits, it, it was just incredible. It was absolutely incredible. I, I give that guy nothing but props, and I wish nothing but the best for him at UCF. Um, you know, the, the thing with recruiting was that, yes, you know, we probably, you know, we fell off the map a bit for a couple kids, but bringing in Aristide man, it kept us on the map for some of our highly ranked guys that we're going after, especially at outside linebacker. Um, Aristide was with the defense last year. It was number 9 overall in FBS in total defense, 317.3 yards per game. That led the SEC in that category. They ranked number 4 amongst Power 5 schools, and in 2020 ended uh, number 2 ranked in the country in rushing defense, allowing 92 yards per game. So, I mean, he, he's coming from a very, very, very good system with Jimbo Fisher over there at A&M. I think that we're going to be okay there, honestly, dude. Um, I've talked to a couple of these outside linebacker recruits, and I think, I think we're going to be okay there.
1: That is a blessing <laughs> to hear because again, look, I, this is not something that I said, oh, we could afford to lose. no, we could not afford to lose Charles. I wasn't sitting here and saying that. But I guess uh, at the end of the day what I was saying is, I just got to see what Miami does. And then I'll go ahead and, you know, kind of react to that. But thank God they saved face by hiring hiring a guy who has, you know, you just read his credentials. He's coming over from an SEC defensive. And we all know how the SEC plays defense, fast, physical, and, you know, tough. All things that Manny Diaz likes to incorporate into uh, a defensive philosophy for his guys. Um, can you talk about some of the guys I don't know if you can but can you talk about some of the guys you've been in touch with in terms of linebackers and what they're saying how much they like to hire or you know what I'm turned off by it or this is just Miami's still not it for me what's the kind of what's the vibe that you get from these guys
11: um, well I can say that um, you know I, one of our big 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 targets is an uh, outside linebacker out of Lee County named Jaren Willis. Jaron Willis I mean this kid is Six two two twenty. I think he squats like six hundred some pounds already. I'm not even joking, bro. Wow. Like he, he, he <laughs> this kid is just—he's a grown man already. Um, he had he had just an absolutely amazing uh relationship with Williams because he actually was getting recruited by Williams while he was still at, at a. Oh. Okay. So I mean, this this went back, you know, years. So I mean. Yes, I thought we were actually going to be out of it with Willis. I really did. But from everything I'm hearing, he loves the new hire we made, and Miami is still in it. Um, there's another guy as well. Um, I haven't spoke with him yet, but Whistley, uh, He he, yes. I mean, he's our main target. He, he is the main targeted outside linebacker, and everything that I've heard, he is not shaken at all. Um, he is still considering Miami definitely.
1: Wow. It, it, first of all, that's great to hear because – I don't. I'm not breaking any news here. You know just as well as anybody else listening right now, or anybody else that uh, watched even a game, one game at, uh, for Miami last year, that the linebacker play needs some improvement. It has. It's not linebacker play of the past. It's not Miami football. And so, bringing a guy like Aristide and the talent that he could potentially have at his disposal is huge. Um, let me ask you this: You haven't just been talking about uh or talking to linebackers uh no Miami's after some big body receivers and i have an opinion on that but can you talk about the other side of the ball in terms of guys you've spoken to
11: yeah we uh you know actually just yesterday um we spoke with uh, nathaniel joseph wide receiver at edison high school he's uh he's one of the players there with uncle luke down there kid guy he's a 2023 kid, um, Kids got like twenty one offers already, you know, offers from Miami, Notre Dame, all the all the big boys like that. Um special guy we need to keep an eye on. But we, we have a we have a big thing that we're going for right now. We're going for size at wide receiver. Um guys like Omarion Miller that we've spoken with, um guys with some actual, you know, six foot one, six foot two plus with some size. Um and we're also really, really looking outside the state of Florida as well to find help. We're we're looking at guys from Texas. We're really reaching into that uh, Lashley background to uh, reach out to guys across the nation.
1: And that's so important because, I mean, listen, the last thing that I'm doing, trust me when I say this, okay? The last thing that I'm doing is criticizing a red Lashley play call. But it always struck me as odd that, and correct me if I'm wrong, did you ever see the fade even once last year in the red zone? And I know, and I know, sorry, I don't mean to cut you off, but I know a lot of that has to do with what we're talking about right now, not having height at that position, but that doesn't mean you, we've seen him get creative. It doesn't mean you can't put Will Mallory out there or Brevin. We did have some height or do have some height with number eight out there, despite, you know, how he's hasn't been consistent in catching the ball. But that's just something, you know, and obviously we found other ways to score in the red zone, but it's just weird that I don't remember seeing a fade called not once in the red zone last year. Do you?
11: I think it has to not just do with the wide receivers, bro. I think it has to do with King as well. King is not exactly a great touch passer in short spaces. Okay. I, I hope King's fan base doesn't take my head off for saying that because <laughs> he's our savior. And I love D. Eric King. Don't get me wrong. Like Saying that about him doesn't take anything away from him. Right, right. But there he needs to work on. And I think not only the size of wide receiver, but as well as his, you know, his lack of touch passes and short spaces kind of played a role in that.
1: Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Um, guys that you probably would consider with height at the position. Okay. Mark Pope, I'm looking at the website right now, the uh, Miami hurricanes uh, official roster, Miami MiamiHurricanes.com. So uh, don't take my head off, not you Ross, but anybody listening, if this is not accurate. So um, Keyshawn Smith, a guy that I'm waiting to explode out of San Diego. Okay. Six one mm-hmm. entering his second year. Mark Pope is listed at six one. Uh, D Wiggins, 6'3. three Rambo, who we just picked up is six, Jeremiah Payton, another guy, uh, that people are just waiting to break out as a six, you know, there's, is that the height that you look for or that you want when it comes to red zone targets, uh, who else is on the roster? You know, that's pretty much it at wide receiver in terms of height. It's is oh, and Michael Redding is six two, and that's exactly why we're going after these big, big body guys. But six one, you know, six two, maybe six foot. Are those necessarily the red zone targets that Miami's looking at?
11: Um, you know, in some ways, yeah. It it just depends on the. You know the type of receiver they are. There's some kids that are six foot one that play like they're six foot five. There's True. kids that are six foot six that play like they're five ten. True. So I mean, it, a lot of it has to do with attitude and just style. But you know, we're really reaching out to guys that are about six foot two to six foot two and a half plus. That seems to be where we're really getting at right now. Okay. You can make it work with six one. You can make it work with six two. But we're going after a guy like Jaden Gibson out of uh, Winter Garden, Florida. He's six foot six, 185 pounds. We're looking for red zone targets, bro. We're definitely looking for some help there.
1: Yeah, jump ball guys. I remember – everybody remembers Kelvin Benjamin, you know, back when he signed with uh, FSU. And I was – I mean, I had to check my pants because I'm thinking, what did they just really add us? and they used him they used him properly because Jameis Winston did not make any bones about thro- I mean it, it when you I mean that's what you're supposed to do. You have a 6-6 guy, he weighed what? Like 230, 240. Uh they lined them up in the slot at times didn't have the NFL career that, you know, I thought he would, but and in, in in the college ranks, that's exactly how you're supposed to use a big body guy. So, um I'm hoping we get to that. Miami not have doesn't really have the history of, you know, these huge you know, red zone targets. And if they do, they're at a different position at tight end, you know, Winslow, Shockey, Andre Johnson is a big receiver that, had, you know, probably my favorite receiver of all time here. But um, we were DMing last night, you and I, and you were telling me about a quarterback that Miami was looking at. Can you go a little deep into him?
11: Yeah, a 2023 kid named Reese Mooney. He's out of Louisiana. He's a, a dual threat quarterback. He's also a pitcher in baseball. He's very active in both. He's actually currently committed to University of Houston baseball right now. Wow. But he's, he's starting to get quarterback offers, and he's starting to, you know, really, really, truly consider, you know, the idea of, you know, playing both sports at the next level and having success at it. Okay. Wow. Okay. Yeah, Miami reached out to another quarterback yesterday as well. Um, uh, last name uh, – I, I think it's Singleton is his last name. Another dual-threat quarterback, Um. Actually, he's got some really good size and strength, and very athletic. He runs like a four-five-four four or something like that already at the quarterback position. So we're definitely looking for guys that are mobile that can get outside the pocket and roll out and create with their feet. We're we're gonna stick with that dual threat type of a uh, quarterback. It's
1: a big year coming up for Coach Diaz, man. Um, I don't know if you were uh, if you had a chance to listen to Laz, but he was telling you know the audience that you know this is we're halfway into. What he considers, what he gives uh, Manny Diaz, he gives him like a five-year plan or whatever. So, or halfway into that, Manny's got to win, and we all know that. Again, not breaking any news here, but let me ask you this: Going back to the recruits, do you get the sense that it's one of those things that they're coming to Miami regardless? Is it that type of recruit? Is it like a, is it like a Duke Johnson kind of thing? That look, I'm coming here no matter what. Or does Miami have to win and show something to these recruits? And when I say win, um, is nine wins good enough to keep you know the names that you're talking about, or are they talking about, I want to see Miami win New Year's Six Bowl?
11: We are going to need to win double-digit games if we're going to want to stay in it with these high-ranked four-star and possible five-stars that are out of state. We're making some really, really, really big moves in state, and as of right now, we are practically the top dogs, especially in South Florida when it comes to recruiting. So, Yep. We put a little fence around that area. We we still got part to do, definitely. But if we want to, you know, keep reaching out to these high four stars in Texas and Louisiana and Georgia, and truly have a chance with them, we need to get up around that double digit win mark.
1: Okay, okay. No, it makes sense because especially when you're talking about out of state guys, guys that have LSU, you know, looking at them, or if you're reaching out to a guy in California. Um, You know, USC is coming up or Oregon is running things for now in the Pac-10. And, you know, on the East Coast, on the SEC country type of things, you got to battle with the likes of Alabama. And, you know, even up uh, north in the coast, you got Clemson and so on and so forth. So Miami definitely, although they're making headway and they're looking good, they're not out of the water yet in terms of being able to be in a position where they don't have to be at 100%. To real and big name guys are not there yet. Bama can do that, but Miami's still a long way from that. Again, um Miami taking on Bama in the first game of the season in Atlanta in September. I'm hoping to be there. I really hope to be that game, man. Do you have any plans to make it, Ross?
11: Uh, I wish, man. It's just it's one of those games that's gonna be a little out of the way for me at that time of year. But as the weather starts to warm up and stuff, dude, and if, if things start to get a little better with what's going on in the world right now, I, I would definitely like to But get down for a home game especially, I really would like that.
1: Sweet, sweet. And when you do, we can finally meet face-to-face. It's it's amazing what social media does. I feel like I've known Ross for a while, and I've never really met him, okay? I've seen him (laughs) on Zoom, had a couple conversations there, and obviously we're talking on the radio now, and it's not the first time he's been on the show. But my friend, uh, we're going to continue this conversation. I'll get at you after I get off air in a couple minutes, but I really appreciate you calling in so early in the morning and taking time out to talk about some Hurricanes football with me. Yeah, no problem, man. I love coming on your show. All right, and again, it won't be the last time. But again, ladies and gentlemen, that's Ross over in the West Coast, out in Alaska, taking time out to talk some Canes football with me on the Michael McCoy Show. We'll be back for the last segment. You're listening to Sirius XM Channel 145 Slam Radio.
3: Hey, look what I found. A radio. Radio. This
0: is Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio.
5: I get it. Your desk has been there for you, holding up your computer, your unused stapler, and that plant you forgot to water. But maybe it's time to leave your desk and spend your lunch break volunteering with Meals on Wheels. Doing Meals on Wheels for me is the joy that I look for at the end of my week. I'll come to the door with one meal, and I'll walk away with a full heart. Drop off a warm meal and get more than you expect. Volunteer at americaletsdolunch.org. That's americaletsdolunch.org. Brought to you by Meals on Wheels America and the Ad Council.
3: Man, I love my kids so much. I once sat for three hours in the cold rain to watch her soccer team lose by 18 goals. I love my kids so much, I once used a tube to suck snot out of her stuffed nose at 3 a.m. You win.
6: Love your kids? Love them enough to make sure they're in the right car seat. From toddlers to tweens, visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat to find the right seat for their age and size. Keep them safe. Visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad
3: Council.
0: We'll be back with the Michael McCoy Show on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio.
3: Text and work. Text and pretend to work. Text and act surprised when someone calls you out for not working. Who, me? Text and whatever, just don't text and drive. Visit stoptextsstoprex.org. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council.
7: Good morning, amigo. Josh Gordon is suspended. After his fiasco for violating terms of conditional reinstatement,
2: he tried to play that one off by saying, I'm gonna step down. All of a sudden, it caught up to him mighty fast.
7: He failed the drug test, didn't he? And he was predicting he was having mental health problems by virtue of knowing he was in trouble.
2: No, he knew they were about to knock on his door, which uh, is he wasn't able to run out of the house fast enough.
7: They're gonna knock on his door? Or would they, I mean, could they at least ring the doorbell? Let me really describe this to you. Frank? Oh, oh yeah. Get out! Oh, I. That, that, that's uh, scaringly accurate.
8: Good morning, amigo. Weekdays, 7 to 11, only on SiriusXM XM 145. Slam Radio.
9: My mother was always very active and independent, and she was familiar with her neighborhood. But one day, she stopped at the stop sign for much longer than usual. She wasn't even really sure where she was at. It's important for you to talk to someone about it. I felt so much better
5: after my son told me, Mom, we'll figure
4: it out. When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's, now is the time to talk. Visit alz.org slash stories to learn more. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council.
10: There's no losing, only learning. There's no failure, only opportunities. And there's no problems, only solutions. So to me, what failure is, failure is the mother of all success. If it wasn't for Michael Jordan getting cut from his ninth grade basketball team, he wouldn't have became Michael Jordan. <laughs> you, you got to take those losses. you got to take those hits. There's got to be the valleys, the peaks, the ups, the downs. In order for you to, when it does happen, you go, wow, que rico. You know, this is what it's all about. And not only that, it's never about making it, guys. It's always about maintaining it. That's the toughest part.
0: On behalf of all of us here at Slam Radio, we would like to thank you, Pitbull, for making this dream become a reality.
10: Hello, this
1: is Michael, the
12: playmaker every three time Super Bowl champion with the Dallas Cowboys. And I am an NFL Hall of Famer. Trust me, you're listening to the best slam radio.
0: And now we're back with the Michael McCoy show on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio.
1: Frank with some R&B, you know, I'm an R&B head, too. I do listen to R&B. Yes, I do. You come from my era. You better like R&B. Dude, the best R&B. There's nothing like um, 90s R&B. And you want to know what? Call me a weirdo. I work out to R&B, Frank. I listen to R&B when I'm working out sometimes. And there's nothing like being in the gym and having those slow reps. They hit hard, man. It hits different. Trust me. But, um, ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to The Michael McCoy Show, and we are back for the final segment on Sirius XM oh. Channel 145, Slam Radio. Okay. And Ooh. last week, the last segment went so well between Frank and on I. Two. said, you know what, let's just, let's just make it a regular thing. And we were okay. just kind of having fun, oh, right, right. man, Can talking on, on the air about uh, whatever comes up. And we do have a little list of things here, but um, today is February 24th, right? So there's this website, nationaldaycalendar.com. So I'm looking at today, and Frank, today is National Tortilla Chip Day. How about that? Interesting. Very They're, interesting. They,
2: they always throw all these national days. Like these, Those are those type of national days that have to be pinned on a Tuesday or on a Thursday. Because <laughs> everybody knows that it's Taco Tuesday and Taco <laughs> Thursday or Tequila Thursday, whatever you want to call it. You got, you, got Bro, you guys throw us off when all of a sudden you make National Tortilla Chip Day on a Wednesday. <laughs> and I already had my tacos yesterday for dinner.
1: Who signed off on that? That's a very good point because it's like, first of all, who's responsible for making these days? Where do the ideas come from? I love the ideas, but they should kind of match because, yes, Taco Tuesday should definitely be on the same day as National Tortilla Chip Day. Like, that just makes perfect sense. So thank you for that. But I'm not much of a tortilla chip guy. You want to know the only time I really eat those is if I'm having, like, spinach artichoke dip or something like that. I don't really care for the salsa dip. I've never been that guy. Um... Uh, give, me the, uh, give me the guac. I like the guac. I'm Here the guac go. guy. Okay. okay, Yes, guac. And, I mean, it's just different when it completely changes the tortilla chip. There's, there's what? There's like the regular flour ones. There's those purple ones. There's all different types of colors. There's the red ones. But they all taste the same, if you ask me. But the sauce or whatever you dip it in can make a world of difference. But we missed out on, well, not we, but um, I wasn't aware that Monday was National Margarita Day. And if I had known that, maybe I would have went out for a couple drinks or whatever. Are you, a, are you a margarita type of guy?
2: I have to be in the mood for it. But look what I'm saying. Look, another Mexican compliment. <laughs> why? Like, why? So, so this week was set up to just have Mexican food all week, right? Like, that's the way we set
1: this calendar up? So we'll see. Well, so tomorrow's Thursday, the 25th. So tomorrow is National Chili Day. I don't know if, you know, whatever. National Toast Day. Yeah, we're celebrating that on the show tomorrow on Good Morning Amigo.
2: Tostada? The National Toast Day. Like, we're not doing Cuban tostada. Uh, we're doing, like, okay. the way it was meant, like, okay. American toast.
1: Okay, okay, <laughs> So fair straight enough. bread and butter. <laughs> um, tomorrow's actually, I'm, I'm sorry, also National clam chowder, Ch- clam chowder Day. Every time I think about that, I think about New England Clam Chowder when I'm listening. When I'm Is watching. it the red or the white? <laughs> it was the white, right? Yes, it was the white.
2: I had to write the entire thing through (laughs) my head. Oh, I can never remember that. I can
1: never remember that. Um, And then National Chocolate Covered Nut Day. So I guess if you want to consider chili like a Mexican thing, maybe they are keeping the trend with, you know, tortilla chip today and Taco Tuesday yesterday and margarita on Monday. I don't know. We'll, We'll see. But we're talking about food, and it has been thinking because... I'm a, I'm a sub guy. I love subs, all right? And it wasn't until recently, when I say recently, I mean just a couple of years ago, that I really took a liking for pub subs. They are... A, Amazing, and I think I would take those subs over anything else in Miami. What do you have to say about subs?
2: Um, so yeah, I'm a, I'm a sandwich guy, so I like making my own concoctions and stuff like that. Okay. Uh, but the pubs, the pub subs are a knock out of the park. But then again, like I'm I'm like a sucker for anything Publix, man, because <laughs> I feel like all the products at Publix are the freshest of the freshest, like bakery wise are the best cake in town from Publix. Oh, okay. Like, bro, I'm a, I'm a basic bleep. Like, I'll just keep it like that, <laughs> all right? Okay. Just get me a Publix cake. My girl's like, oh, I'll go to nothing bun cake. No, no, bro, just Publix, vanilla, some frosting on it. And I'm good because they're the best tasting cakes.
1: You're gonna hate me. I hate Publix cake. Oh my god, we're gonna fight right now. Larry's looking at me crazy through the production window. I don't, they are so, I feel like I can make it myself. <laughs> I'm so serious. When I think of them, there's a million things I would take at Publix before I take a cake. And if I'm going, a cake, I'll probably go, I'm probably going to go fancy on you here, but give me Misha's, man. Oh, so can't you're a fufu. Foo foo. Oh, that's what it is. You're fufu. We figured it out. It's not about, oh, you're just fufu. I got it now. It's not even, how can you deny Misha's cakes, man? I can't afford that. I mean, listen, listen, I can't either. That's why I don't, I eat it when other people buy it, okay? let's just.
7: City,
1: baby. Hey, hey, let's not do that, Larry. Let's <laughs> not do that, because I'm going to throw my A Street reference, my A Street U reference, my Cayocho U reference, and I just don't have a special liking towards, and nothing, I know Frank has a lot of business out there, but nothing against the university itself, but FIU football does not hold a, a special place in my heart let's not get off topic we're talking about subs here guys okay we're talking about subs larry what about you anything with sub- pub sub type of guy sub subrageous what
7: so the thing is subs I'm a, a, i can't say this because i was told <laughs> that people from new york always announce that they're from new york before they go to make a point <laughs> i'm not gonna say that i come from a region where sandwiches are made different okay that? you like how i position that one that okay. sounded better okay okay you like that one Fair enough. Told me what?
2: Oh, he's always from New York. I didn't say that.
7: I'm from a region where (laughs) sandwiches are made differently. That's all I said. Could be Los Angeles County. It doesn't matter. Um, The truth is, if you've got to go to like a chain store or something like that, I love Jersey Mikes. It most emulates the region from where I'm from.
1: Okay, I wonder (laughs) why. See
7: what I did there? You're good at this. You're good at this. He's good. See what I did there, right? uh So, so, but other than that, like you go to any deli. In the region that I'm from. <laughs> <laughs> and you got a damn good sandwich, bro, for real. But, you know, the sandwiches in Miami, the uh-huh. region where I live, <laughs> more like the Cuban sandwiches, more in the okay. dynamic to the Hispanic culture. And I love those sandwiches. They're just far different than the sandwiches that are my
1: favorite sandwiches. I get it. I get it. I like
7: Cuban sandwiches. I actually love Cuban sandwiches, but I'm not in love with them the same way I am with your typical subs or sandwiches from the Northeast, from New York, from New Jersey, from that region where sandwiches are made even like the massachusetts area a certain thing that they do with their sandwiches are different and that's why they call them new york style delis and you know like there's a reason why um and that's what i enjoy i look i go to juniors when i go to new york to sit down okay and have a a overpriced sandwich because (laughs) it's fat it's good and it's the way new yorkers eat sandwiches wow is what it is but but really when you got the day-to-day activities um you know, I'm a big fan of public subs, and I'm a huge fan of Jersey Mike's.
1: Okay, okay, fair enough. Let me ask you, because we're obviously in the area. Where can I go? And I haven't had one of these in God knows how long. Part of it, because I really don't eat ham anymore or pork, but where can I get a good media around here?
7: Versailles, baby.
1: Really? I would have thought you would have said something else. I thought that was like an obvious type of thing, but I didn't know that. Okay, Versailles, because I'm in the mood right now, and I— we didn't have anything for breakfast, but... Actually, um, I'll disagree
2: with him. I'll go somewhere like Sergio, somewhere like a little less commercial,
1: because oh, I sure think, goes. like, the Versailles, I feel like, has lost some of its glamour
2: because it's very touristy. Like, okay. that's the spot that everybody's like, oh, we have to go to Versailles, and there's a yep. the sign on the outside. So mm-hmm. I think over the years, the, the value of the food has gone a little bit. Don't talk oh. to that guy. That guy is uh, Mr. <laughs> Versailles over there. But I think it's kind of gone down a little bit. But I do agree with the whole Cuban sandwich thing. Um, when okay. I go, it depends on what city I go to. Um, I like to have whatever like they offer there. So like you go to like Chicago, you go like the Italian right. uh, beef sandwiches and right. things like that.
1: No, no, of course. I hear that. Um I meant to ask you, man, because I meant to ask when we're talking about the margarita thing, what type of what type of drink are you are you, Frank? Because for me, I used to be, I, I used to like vodka, then I kind of got over that. And then I started drinking um Johnny Walker, mm-hmm. right? Okay. I like that, but then I'm a Macallan guy. Okay. I love dark. When it comes to, uh, you know, I want to sit down and have a drink. What are you drinking? i uh, probably do, like, the JMO or something whiskey-related.
2: So okay, we're along the same lines, kind of, sort okay. of. Uh, I did, the, I did the the vodka thing for a while. Yeah, but it, it, was, it was all about the chaser or whatever or the compliment drink. And then it came too fruity. It got too sugary. Yeah. It gives you a headache. So I've, I've, now I just keep it very basic and, like, so like how, like like drinks are very expensive in Miami. So like if you go buy a a beer, it's like nine something, eleven something. So for that, I might as well just purchase a whiskey because I know that like I'm just gonna need one, and
1: then I don't have to worry about it. I was talking, forgot who I was talking to, but I was talking. We were talking about drink prices in Miami, and um, I was like, yeah, you know, you can go to Happy Hour and you know just have some however however much it is to get a drink here in Miami, and he was like, what? Because he wasn't from here. And I'm like, yeah, where are you from? And then when he told me, I think he said something, I don't even remember, because this was a long, uh, a long time ago. And you could tell that if you go to Miami, I'm sorry, if you go to wherever he was from, right, let's call it, I don't know, Alabama, wherever. And uh, with $50, you can probably buy everything at the bar. And when I told him that $50 won't take you a long way here, he just freaked out. And I think I totally ruined his trip here to Miami. But, yeah, man, it's expensive when you want to buy. There was over at American Social right here on, uh, on Brickle, on the water. They have every, I don't know if it's every day, but when I would go on Fridays, everything behind the bar was half off. And that included McAllen, man. You go with $20, you give him uh, a 20 I would give him just a 20 and give me two. Uh, they were $8 each. Give me two McCallans and I'm straight. That's beautiful. That doesn't, like.
2: What was it? I'm sorry, I was off. So (laughs) I think they did that during one of the World Cup games. And um, I think it was the first women's World Cup game, the one that they scored 977 goals. And then they were kind of doing, like, every time they score a goal, like it was like a free drink or something like that, and they regretted it. Oh my God! No, I ready. can't imagine
1: that. Have you ever done that? Have you done like you know what? Have you done one of those drinking games where it's a, a game of interest and we're watching and whenever this happens, we're taking a shot. Oh yeah, those are tough. I,
2: I'm, <sighs> I'm not. I'm not I, I won't last long. <sighs> sorry, bro. It's not enjoyable though. Like I, I have a drink to enjoy myself. I don't get a drink to yeah. get plastered. So.
1: Yeah. No. Yeah. Like, I, I mean,
2: I'm not. I'm not 20 years old anymore. You know what I mean? Things kind of change a little bit.
1: That's what responsible I
2: responsible th- adults around
1: here. Yes, that's what I think had a lot to do with not having. White liquor anymore, but I think it was a a young thing because when you start off, all you know is like vodka and juice, whatever juice it is, and that's it. Like you said, it gets sweet or whatever, but then your taste buds change and all that stuff, so that's that. Um, there's another thing I wanted to ask you about, Frank, and it was being that again, today is National Tortilla Chip Day, okay, and you already talked about uh. The week leading up to today and how it's been Mexican-themed, what is the weirdest national whatever day you remember going through? The last, say it again, the last what? The the weirdest national whatever day that was just like, what? We have a day for this? What's the weirdest one you've ever...
2: Oh, my God, bro. Like, we have so many (laughs) that come by here. Like, pick up that paper that's on that table and just pick a day. And you would be like, why are we celebrating this? Like, all right, so National Random Act of Kindness Day. Like... So we're so we're 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 leaving to have one random act of 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 kindness to just one day. Isn't that what we're supposed to be preaching as human beings? It's
1: kind of bad. It's gotten that bad, huh?
2: It's that bad. Like they, we, <laughs> we we we're okay. So here's a little behind the scenes of uh, Slam Radio. Good morning, amigo's making its own national calendar day. And we're picking what we're going to celebrate, and we're picking on what day. Because if anybody, because who's credible enough to determine that today is tortilla
1: chip day? Right? That's what I'm saying. Who makes these decisions?
2: So since amigo's credible enough, amigo's going to make his own chart. I'm
7: not just
1: credible, I'm incredible. There we (laughs) go. I will take it. Okay. If they ask where Larry is, ask him. He's standing outside because he's outstanding. No? 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 Frank's kind of holding his head. Sorry. Yeah, it's okay. Look, I didn't even know this list was here. I, I, I promise I didn't. I was just looking at something to talk about. And, you know, we started this last week. But, wow, okay. Uh, National Football Hangover Day is the day after the Super Bowl. Oh, you
2: got that. <laughs> <laughs> my channel was off before. I hate it. That's why I looked at you with my hand <laughs> on my head.
1: So, yeah. Um. It makes sense that national football hangover day is the day after the Super Bowl, which is exactly why that should be a national holiday. We should have that day. People that don't even watch the Super Bowl or watch football watch the Super Bowl, it should be a day off. That's how I feel. It should be Saturdays. It should, there you go. How about that? How about make the Super Bowl on a day? Well, actually, no, I like the idea on a Sunday because then you have Monday off. I'm going to vote for the guy that says... Mondays after the Super Bowl are going to be a national day of a paid day off for everyone. I mean, take it or leave it. But that's that. Okay. Shout out to everybody that called in today on the show, man. I really appreciate it. Ross called in last talking some Canes football. Before that, we had Josh White of WVUM and the University of Miami talking canes baseball. And before that, uh your favorite tailgate guy, Color Ridge Lag, calls in with always the enthusiasm that he brings. Uh, anytime he talks about anything orange and green ladies and gentlemen it's been a pleasure we'll be back same time same place next week right here behind this chair and this microphone you've been listening to the Michael McCoy show on Sirius XM channel 145 and again shout out to Frank man bringing it with this uh intro and outro music I appreciate you brother everybody have a safe week
0: The views and opinions expressed on The Michael McCoy Show are entirely those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Slam Radio. Hey, look what I found.
4: A radio. Radio.
0: This is Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. The views and opinions expressed on The Michael McCoy Show are entirely those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Slam Radio.